It's Nolan and Nolan bringing you the BB3 podcast. Hello and welcome to episode three of the PP3 podcast hosted by Nolan Keogh and Nolan Wyatt. Uh, thank you everybody for tuning in. It's been a little bit of a long wait for this one, uh, two weeks. We weren't wanting to cancel the last one, but uh, there's some circumstances that came up with uh, Mr. Brendan Carlson, so we'll dive into that a little bit later, but uh, thanks again for everybody tuning in. We got a good show coming up. Um, Tyler Gary's interview, and we were able to uh, get some stuff from uh, Carly's interview, so we'll be bringing that stuff uh, to you guys. Uh, so we'll dive into it. Nolan, um, big week for you, uh, yep. emotional week. Um, how you doing, bud? I mean, soaking it up, man. A little bit hungover today, a little bit beat up. Um, but yeah, man, I'm living life. Can't say I'm living the dream anymore because it's over, but yes. I'm still, still doing well, bud. So uh, Nolan White here played his last junior game on uh, last night, actually, against the uh, Peninsula Panthers with the Nanaimo Buccaneers. Uh, going out in fashion, though, goalie interference penalty. Uh, <laughs> Only way to go out, right? So, yeah. so how was that game, and how are you feeling now that uh, it's kind of all sinking in? No, I didn't really start sinking in, I think, until kind of like we played three games back-to-back this week. We played down in West Shore. And then we played the Gens on Thursday at home. And then we played Peninsula last night on the Friday. And to me, it didn't really start to kind of kick in until me and Dice were driving over to the to the Nanaimo Ice Center to play the Gens, our former team. And that's when it kind of started to hit me. Like, there's no playoffs this year for us. There's no, there's no Cyclone. Like, it doesn't keep going. There's not much to hang on to. So it kind of hit me a little bit there. And then... Um, down in Peninsula last night, kind of sat up at the front of the bus, which is unusual for me, and soaked it all up. And emotional to say the least, but man, it's been special. Yeah, it's a big game. I remember last year when uh, we were in Revelstoke playing that final game against Delta. I was on the bench a little bit, weary eyed, and CJ came up to me. He's like, "Let's go, bud. Let's let's have a good game. Let's go out yeah. in style." So it's a big game, and I'm glad we were able to win last year. Yeah. Um, Still a good send off for you with the Bucks. Totally. With dice little dice pipe there. So. Yeah, it was pretty special, especially in our second last game. That one was like the special one for me with the ceremony. I don't know if you were there to catch it. No, I came it came in a little bit later. Yeah, so they did a little like ceremony for all the Nanaimo twenties, which is me, Evan Dice, Tanner Nyland, and Una Vanderlingen, our four twenty year olds, and they gave us a nice proper send off before the game. We were all in the starting lineup and they gave us a plaque each and kind of announced our stats and it's pretty electric. I think Troy might've slipped the announcer an extra five bucks to save my penalty minutes (laughs) because that seemed to get both teams fired up. But yeah, it was cool to experience that. Like I remember watching all everybody else get their last game and it was, it was weird standing on the blue line, realizing that it it was my time. Yeah. And uh, with your penalty minutes last night, you surpassed the 500 penalty minute mark. I did. In the VI history. I wonder what, uh, how many, you know how many players have more than you? I could pull it up here, but um, off the top of my head, I know the trainer messaged me this year and told me that I've moved above some pretty substantial names. And the last time I looked, the only active player within like 40 spots of me was Kellen Bates. So, <laughs> um, 
it's pretty cool. Go out with a bang, literally. I mean, mm-hmm. I my last shift in the VI, I ran my face off the post. <laughs> so that's one way to go out. Yeah, fucking right. Um, yeah, you probably got Trey Watson ahead of you. There's yeah. some some goons from back in the day. Um, but yeah, we're glad glad you got a good send off there, Noel. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll uh, we'll talk about Tyler Gary now. He's our one of our featured guests uh, for this week. We've played for played with Gary. Uh, last year and then uh, you started off the year with Gary yeah. uh, just an absolute character when he came o- when he came over to the team um, the first thing we uh, asked him was like do you do you toke do you smoke, you like, smoke he weed, looks dude? he looks like the biggest stoner ever and then the kid hasn't touched it in his, in his life the guys just, never like, smoked weed in his the life Bud Lights. and he just looks like um the biggest stoner you've ever seen so <laughs> Gary kind of earned another nickname in the fake stoner category but <laughs> Yeah, absolute character. I, that guy's nothing but laughs, and, and a lot of the times it's not even him telling jokes. It's just how stupid he is. So we love him to death, and we got a good interview with him to bring to you guys. Yeah, um, yeah, it was a, it was a good one. We called him out on a couple stuff. Yeah, um, talked about his days back in the SJ. So uh, it's a good interview. We're excited for you guys to yep. hear that, and um, we'll talk about our second guest, um, Brennan Carlson. Uh, he came over last Saturday after a good day of drinking with uh, Mr. Trey Boylan, which doesn't always isn't always the best not idea. A, not a great combo there. No. So he, he wanted he felt a little nervous before. Said he had to lay off some steam, get a couple of drinks in him, get a get the mojo going, and it was going a little bit too much. Yeah. So there yeah. there was a a lot of stuff that. We had to cut out of it, so we apologize in advance. It sounds a, a little choppy, but I think uh, for the majority of it, there's going to be some good laughs. In yeah, it. we pulled some stories. I mean, that guy is one guy that we're going to have to do again sober. Mm-hmm. He's a funny motherfucker, and yeah. he's got a lot of stories. So it's too bad that he had to get loosened up for it. I mean, the Jingle Pop pub sometimes turns into a little bit more than one or two beers. <laughs> so that was clearly the case on last Saturday. But it was still fun, nevertheless, to sit down and kind of chat with our old teammate there. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, going back, let's see. Uh, you got your penalty minutes yeah, up here. These are the all-time leaders in penalty minutes in the VI. So you got – that's not updated. It says you got 438 right now. Yeah, I don't know if it has – I have 500 was including my play playoff penalties as playoff well penalties. like all-time vi so okay this is all my regular seasons okay. penalty minutes so 28 in vijhl history i see a couple jory swanson's up there uh who else is ahead of you um jory Matt swanson Baird, and then Jake I think Calver- calverly sean yeah. tackaberry he's uh owner of kurt or manager of kirby's which is funny <laughs> so i saw him for christmas party this year and 564 holy and the crazy fuck. part is, is you got to look at this like i have 438 and six seasons it says the guys up at the top there there's a dude with 586 <laughs> penalty minutes in th- in two years two years and he was over a point brett deacon 87 points in 84 games with 586 penalty minutes yeah that's holy absurd. shit Looks like a white Wayne Simmons. Yeah, something like that. Holy fuck. But yeah, I mean, I'll take that. I'm <laughs> certainly not nearly close to the 28 mark in points, so at least I'm <laughs> up there for penalties. <laughs> so we'll move on to the uh, NHL talk now. Um, first big news, uh, I guess we're going back to last week, so there might be some uh, older stuff on here just because we obviously didn't get to cover it uh, last on last week's pod. Yeah. 
Um, some big news out of Pittsburgh. Um, last week, the Pittsburgh Penguins announced that pending UFA forward Jake Gensel is expected to miss around four weeks with an upper body injury and should be back healthy shortly after the trade deadline. Uh, with the trade deadline with less than a month away, do, do you think this will impact teams coming well, was, in to, or it was kind looking of, for a winger? It was weird because there was all that talk about him a couple weeks before the injury about where he's going to land and everything. And now he comes up with an injury. So getting a player back off injury, you honestly never know what you're going to get. So yeah. I think that kind of takes away his trade value quite a bit. So I know I wasn't, I didn't think he was going to leave Pittsburgh. So now this kind of, I think this solidifies it. I think that teams might not take the risk they might have for an expensive winger. You know what you're getting with him when he's healthy, but coming off an injury right before playoff time, he's a little bit of a uncertainty. So I think now with the injury, that's going to, that's going to keep Gensel in Pittsburgh. With Crosby, yeah, it's it's a weird situation. I think there's still a chance he could get traded. Um, I think teams are willing to pay the price for a good winger because the market there's not a huge market for wingers right now. There's not too many great players. Like I could see Edmonton mm-hmm. going for Jake Gensel or uh, like uh, Penguins have been sucking. Yeah, recently, they're struggling, and man. Jake Gensel, um, he declined a trade extension offer. Uh, last week yeah so i don't know it's gonna be interesting times in this nhl trade deadline which we'll we'll touch on uh later in the podcast but it's gonna be yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens with jake gensel mm-hmm. if teams are still and on i think that jake gensel as a six million dollar player right now is a pretty good bargain because to me he's one of the players that you know what you're getting with him he's one of the only players in the nhl that can play beset with crosby and kind of keep up to his style of play and his creativity that's what makes him so good and i just don't see him being able to kind of carry the play in his own way like he's a good winger but like i think playing with crosby is what kind of made his career that's fair that's fair but But if he if he goes to edmonton though you're Maybe playing with McDavid or Drysaddle. That'd be a scary line, a couple yeah. of fast winger with those guys. But yeah, like he's make for his contract, he's a he's a steal. Yeah. And like I was saying, you know what you're getting with um, Gensel. He's like since he's came into the league, his stats have been relatively similar all the way through. And it's hard to find players that don't kind of go through the ups and downs. Obviously, he does, but not to the extent of a lot of other guys. Less cold streaks and stuff like that. Like you know. You know that he's a reliable guy that's going to put in 30 goals and upwards of 80 points every year. Yeah, he's a top six four. He's an all he's an all star caliber forward mm-hmm. every year, and uh, he's does it in the playoffs too. Yeah, and when, that's... when they won a, the cup, he was a huge part on that. I think it was uh, Crosby and Brian Rust mm-hmm. line. So he, he's a gamer. Yeah, I got it here in 2016 2017 playoff run. He had 21 uh, points. In 13, what is that? 25, 25 games. Yeah, that's his and, rookie year, too. Yeah, and then the year following, in just 12 games, he had another 21 points yeah. in the playoffs. So this guy can come to play, and a bit of a later draft pick. He went 77th overall back in 2013, but since coming into the NHL, he's been reliable, and he's a playoff player. So, yeah, you never know, man. I wouldn't be too surprised. I just, I just don't see him moving, but I think... 
a guy like Gensel could bolster anybody's offense nowadays. Yeah, I agree. And uh, yeah, it'll be an interesting uh, situation to stay on top of. Yeah. Um, moving along. Uh, also last week, a story that we didn't get to cover. The uh, Columbus Blue Jackets announced the fire of GM Yarmo Kekalainen after 11 seasons with the club. Uh, President of Hockey Ops with the Blue Jackets, John Davidson, announced that himself, along with the team's hockey operations management team, will take over the GM duties while the club goes through a replacement process. Davidson also stated that while the club, while the future of our club is bright, our performance has not been good enough and it's time for a new new fresh perspective as we move forward uh since the jackets joined the league in 2000 they've only won one playoff round mm-hmm. and that, that was, was uh that was that six sweep in the tampa Bay maybe Lightning. one of the best playoff series in the last 10 years oh but, yeah um was that the same series that went to like the fourth overtime like a seven period long game and game one of the playoffs that might have been i think that was the bubble I think yeah. that was in the bubble when Braden Point yeah. scored the okay. winner. Yeah, okay, because if Tampa won it, then it wasn't that year because Columbus swept Tampa. Yeah, and they came in as an eight seed. I, I remember that team was super they, Panarin, underdog. Pierre-Luc Dubois when he actually tried. Mm-hmm. Um, who, uh, Matthew it, Shane. Did they, Bobrovsky in that Bobrovsky was in that. He was, that was one that's of his lights uh, out. That's when he was maybe up there with mm-hmm. Carey Price with best goalie in the league. Yeah, he was a stud. But um, yeah, looking at their uh, team now, the Jackets. Nola, what do you think about um, the moves that Yarmo's made and the the decisions that's gone on with this club in the last couple of years? I mean, they brought in Johnny Gaudreau at 9.7 until 2029. And Johnny Hockey, he's a fun player to watch. He's not, hasn't for me at least shown what he can do the same way he did in Calgary. Yeah. And that's kind of a letdown because... Johnny Gaudreau is a fast, skilled, like swift player, and he's electric to watch when he gets going. Um, so just to kind of see him come to a slower market, less kind of news around him, and just kind of seems like he's kind of swept aside and he's not really the the super all-star he was, at least not getting the attention he was. But honestly, man, as far as a hockey podcaster, I don't know enough about the Columbus Blue Jackets <laughs> just because they bore me to death. Yeah. I can't watch them. I don't care about the news. Like <laughs> I, everything I know from them is, is just from like players getting traded from like my team or other teams. I like, like seeing Provorov go there yeah. and I love Provorov in Philly. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Jersey sales. You remember why? <laughs> but yeah, um, Provorov went there, and I don't know how he's doing because, like I said, I just don't care about Columbus. So if you got anything more to say, man. Um, well, like, they, I mean, from Yarmo, Yarmo's uh, perspective, what, what he did with the club, you brought, you touched on uh, Johnny Hockey going there. Johnny Ham and Cheese. They also signed Damian Severson to a 6.25 mil a year. Uh, contract and that's till 2031 and he's not that young he's i think he's pushing 30 so mm. that's a scary contract severson from new jersey they signed him in free agency okay. he was a free agent yeah and then you touched on Provorov. they mm-hmm. traded for they also signed big uh, eric Goobranson to a four mil a year uh contract and i don't think he's playing even 15 minutes as a demon no. he's a six five guy they should have spent the four million to get blow up things to fill up their empty rink (laughs) (laughs) you're really not a big fan of columbus fucking eh? stand them man (laughs) what even is a blue jacket what is a blue jacket (laughs) 
The only thing that's cool about that place is seeing all the people tweak out when the cannons go off <laughs> if they score. Yeah. Fuck the Blue Jackets. <laughs> Coming in hot with the jackets. Wow. Oh, and then they, me going. they also had the Mac Babcock fire. Oh, yeah. With the, I wonder what. I th- wonder if Babcock saw any of the boys' OnlyFans or yeah. something crazy like that. A couple OT mag leaks on the phone <laughs> or what? That's what he's looking for, I heard. I heard he was trying to sneak that one in. <laughs> But yeah, he came in and just like instant, like I was kind of looking forward to him maybe coming back and kind of maybe bringing some, some excitement or some news to Columbus, but he didn't even last. Yeah. He didn't even make it to the season, man. Well, so many players hate him. Can't like, you talk him. about him with the Leafs calling out Marner yeah. in front of the team. Um, and then there's also so many stories from guys on uh, Detroit. I think it was Dan Cleary, maybe oh, yeah. that just talked about, or Franson actually. Mm-hmm. It was Johan Franson, who was a big bad power forward for that team. Uh, he just talked about how he hated Babcock. Babcock would call him out in front of the team and just shit talk him on a personal level, which yeah. there's shit talking to, to motivate, motivate a player and tell him that he's playing shit. Yeah. And then there's stuff talking about his personal life, yeah. like just fucked up stuff like that. Yeah, so. and he's he's clearly just like. I don't know. No place in the game, especially nowadays with the newer hockey coming around yeah. and the soft boys in the NHL. Like Johnny John Tortorella said it's a softer league. It is it's, a, soft. it's a dumber league. I think were his exact words, and it, yeah, you got to be, you got to know how to adapt the generations of players. Well, you know can't. Who's coming in. You can't motivate a young guy like Marner who's showing up in like pink suits and bucket hats. <laughs> like, you can't motivate a guy like that with like criticism. He's kind of the guy you need to. Almost like, I don't know, kiss his ass all the way to success. And yeah. the way he came about it, especially asked, what did he do? He asked Marner to write a list of the players that he thought weren't working hard or the least hardworking players. And then stood up in front of the entire team and said, this is the list from your stud rookie, Mitch Marner. He thinks you guys aren't working hard enough. And just to go out and kind of like target a guy and not necessarily like one-on-one, just to expose him to his team like that piece of shit thing to do and I don't just, even know what he's trying to gain from no. that like what motivation are you trying to put in a, like you're making his teammates hate a player like you're almost tr- wanting to turn the room you know like, what's what kind of fucking you know what's funny that? man for any of my buddies listening to this that were on my silver tips team back in my second year midget you guys might recall being on a road trip up in Cranbrook we were playing the Kootenai team back to back and before the second game, obviously boys were fucking around on the bus on the way there. And we lost to Kootenai the night before and they sucked. And on the way, the boys were messing around on the bus. And my coach at the time, won't name names, pulled all the captains um, into the dre- other dressing room. And he sat us down and he basically asked us, like, who are the guys that are fucking around and don't care? So he, he kind of Mitch martyred us. So did he expose it to the team, though? He did, dude. He scratched wow. them. He sat them on the bench. Van Herc, if you're listening, <laughs> I threw you under the bus, bud, and I don't <laughs> regret it. Just kidding. Love you, man. But, yeah, he asked us, like, who are the guys fucking around and don't not taking it seriously? And, like, we told him, and he came in the dressing room, and he said, this name, this name, that name, you guys aren't playing. You're watching the game. Wow. Went out that game, played with two lines and, like, th- two D pairs, and then... I don't know, Van Herc was sipping Sprite on the bench with Gabe Shipley, but he didn't care too much. But yeah, like it's just like not a good thing to kind of do something like that that throws a wrench in the team dynamic. Yeah, I just I just question the motivation behind it. Like I, I guess it's he's trying to pump out the players, but I don't Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't get anyways, it. Anyways, yeah. the Babcock thing's old news, but yeah. anyways, we just wanted to touch on that. But 
some speaking of old this guy's old <laughs> but is he heating up again man talk to me a little bit about ov is he back the great eight is the great eight back is man, he coming for Gretzky? he's looking good he is that old bastard with the gray oh hairs God. gone he's got the just for men's gray touch mm-hmm. in there he's heating up uh alex ovechkin has goals uh has eight goals in a 14 game points in his last nine games He's on a 10-game point streak. I kind of fucked up saying that, whatever. Um, <laughs> he's kind of on a 10-game point streak uh, right now, and he needs 57 more goals to surpass <laughs> Wayne Gretzky. Um, he's playing great. Um, he was on a seven-game goal streak, I think, yeah, last week, like and something fuck, like he's that. he's turning it up again. I think he's going to get – If he, I think he can pot um, – Probably 30 goals this year, and then he's got, what, another 20, 25, 20 mm-hmm. something to uh, get to Gretzky. So he's heating up. You know what's crazy, man? Is he'd be at Gretzky already if it wasn't for the full season lockout, the COVID season, and then the other half lockout. That yeah. guy's missed probably a total of two that's seasons. That's true. That's a good, yeah, that's a good point. He'd be, he'd be there, and especially because those seasons was when it was, he was the great eight, where yeah. he's scoring goals off his back, ripping one-timers from, like, the fucking rock star zone. If he was playing in those full seasons back in 2004, 2005, right when he was coming into the league and tearing shit up, I think that he'd already be past Gretzky. That's a good take. I I agree. Yeah. Maybe that, might be have to, that might have to be a poll that we uh, get up on mm-hmm. the PP3 Instagram um follow it if you haven't yeah he's he's looking good i guess the main um complaint with his game is that he kind of just stands in this half circle now and just rips one timers yeah, well he can't do much shots. else man. yeah he's his, built his like legs are really man. going yeah uh talking about guys that are heating up as well uri slavkoski uh he's riding a eight game he was riding an eight game point streak last week and uh he has 22 points in his last 28 games and another little fun fact about him, over the last two months, he's first in players under the age of 22. Um, people complained about his game last year. He's he's an 18. It's another story of a 18-year-old who struggled to find his game. And mm-hmm. um, he's looking like he's putting the things together. And Montreal's got a top, top-end prospect. Even right a guy that size that can skate like he does, man. I give it another year or two before he's he's making an impact on the game every single night because you're starting to see glimpses more than glimpses now. Like there's games where he takes over. Yeah, and I, yeah. if he can do that at a consistent rate, then Montreal's got them a diamond in the rough. Because was he in the same draft as Shane Wright? He what? Yeah, he went number so one. So he went number one and shocked the world when yeah. Shane Wright didn't go first. And you gotta say like Montreal looks all right now, not yeah. taking Shane Wright because. He hasn't made his impact on the NHL He hasn't done much with Seattle, yeah. I don't know how he's doing in the AHL, but Mm. um, he's definitely not what people thought he was going to be. And, um, yeah, I think Slavkovsky, you look at his game, he could be a bigger Matthew Tuchuk, I think. You you watch how those two guys play. They're they're grindy. They they got good shots, good hands. Yeah. And um, and he goes to the dirty areas with yeah. that stupid Euro smirk on his which face, is, which is what you need in playoffs. Yeah, That's, he looks like a skinnier Pulyarvi. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, what, he's what Pulyarvi could have been. He's what Pulyarvi should have been. Yeah, but yeah, like guys are ragging on him because he doesn't have that many points. Mm. And you look at the numbers, like you touched on just there about guys not really finding their stride until a couple years in the league because there's guys that come in and dominate right away, and then there's guys like Kaprizov and. 
like guys that come in later and dominate. It's different for everybody. It's such a crazy league. So, I mean, Jack Hughes, look at him. He had yeah. 90 or 36 points in his first 92 games. Yeah. And everybody's dogging on Slavkovsky right now. But get this. Through his first 92 games in the NHL, he has 37 points. One more point than Jack Hughes. That means that he's better. That means he's better <laughs> than Jack Hughes, everybody. That's confirmed? It's confirmed. Wow. Put that confirmed. on a t-shirt. It's no confirmed. Put it on a t-shirt. Yeah. Another guy who, uh, for talking about U22 players, and is making his mark quickly Holy into the NHL. Big game tonight against Philly. Uh, Matt Rempe making his uh, NHL debut on... Uh, the outdoor game mm-hmm. first shift goes up against Matt Martin fight next game doesn't do much next game gets a five minute game misconduct just absolutely blows up Nate Bastion who had a really rough game yeah that game get blown up by him in the face and then uh, Jacob Truba mm-hmm. blowing him, Run him over the again yeah and then That's what you get for lighting up my flyers in the all-star game you <laughs> piece of shit and or then the, and, and then tonight and then tonight uh, another fight against Nick Delorier, who's a tough customer. Holy. He's up there in the top guys that you think about of NHL fighters mm-hmm. in the league. And then he also had a goal tonight. Yeah. So people love him. He's a big six foot seven gazalian, good looking dude. Good looking too. dude. Not to mention he's from Calgary, Canada. Yeah. So you gotta like the Canada boys. I mean, to show up in the NHL in the fashion he does, like it's kind of a lost art. You don't see young guys coming in and chucking them like he does. I mean, played a couple of years for the Wolfpack in the AHL, and he's he did all right there. He came a little bit of time in the AJ in Alberta, and then, but now he's up in the big leagues. And his impact he's made in New York in his first four games are kind of, kind of ridiculous to show up in front of 80,000 fans in an outdoor game and shed them on your first NHL shift. How fucking showtime is that? Crazy. Not to mention, as a Flyers fan, I think Nick Delorier is right now the toughest fighter, toughest customer in the NHL. Yeah. Because Reeves is... Reeves I, is tough, but he's, he's just, cringy, man. he's, he's, he's fake. So cringy. He's a fake tough guy. He's like Ross. He's just out there. <laughs> looks tough, but he doesn't do enough to be a tough guy where you got Nick Delorier chucking him every night and he looks just like a psychopath. He's going to retire and go straight to the psych ward, that guy. Yeah. But anyways, to square up against him the way he did today, it was a fight for the ages, man. They chucked him for a minute and a half and they're throwing bombs. If any, anybody hasn't seen that fight, I suggest you search it up Hockey on Hockey fights right now and go look at that shit. They chuck bombs for about a minute. It's the fight of the year so far. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I mean, sure, fight one thing. What can he play? But he goes parks his big six seven ass in front of the net and taps in a game winning goal against Philly. Come on. You gotta love it. It's storybook stuff. And if he can keep it up and keep being the tough guy, maybe it'll kind of lead the way for more guys that are big and strong like that to come into the league. But if he doesn't um lead the way for other guys, I hope he keeps doing it himself because it's fun to watch so far, man. Yeah. Uh, Ranger or uh, yeah, Rangers have been hot mm-hmm. lately. Igor Sisterkin starting to find his game again. Um I think he keep this guy in the lineup. He's only playing like four or five minutes a night. Yeah. But he's got twenty seven penalty minutes in his first four games with a goal. Like I don't see how you can take him out. I think he's one of those um kind of m- locker John room Scott maybe vibes. yeah like he's a guy that gives good vibes mm-hmm. when, he, when he does so. he's a bottom six guy who loves um, his role loves his role and when he does something good you see it in 
uh, all hockey teams when the bottom players are starting to feed up it just energy uh, gives energy to mm-hmm. the rest I've, of the team we've been there oh yeah me and nolo both i remember um we were playing port Alberni, and nolo had maybe the grossest go- anybody that's on that gens team knows exactly the goal that i'm talking about <laughs> it was maybe the, the grossest snipe i've ever seen comes down off of the behind the net Turn around, Patty Kane backhand style, except on his forehand, and just rips it bar down like unheard just of, gross stuff, oh. unheard of. And you just look at the bench after. Oh yeah, like, that's what I, we were. I was on the bench, and everybody's like, "Oh!" When you, when you see a third or fourth liner do something skilled or like a little bit like effective more than like a hitting role, it's it gets everybody fired up. And if this kid can keep like banging in greasy goals, it gets the whole team and like everybody fired up for all, it. All he needs is Lem's on the bench with his clipboard, just banging the clipboard, getting crazy yeah. when bottom going six through guy. the flyby when Remp's going through the flyby. Lem's giving a <laughs> that'll do it. But yeah, um, talking about dogs, uh, your Flyers named a couple of big boys to their uh, captains mm-hmm. list. Um, I didn't know they didn't have captains. Yeah, so they haven't had a captain since Giroud went to Florida. Yeah, and I mean it's tough to replace a guy like Claude. Like, yeah, I call him Claude. We're on a first name basis. <laughs> so what? Anyways, um, Claude Giroud was a great captain for Philly, and he kind of led the way for a long time since he was there, and he took over after Mike Richards and. They hadn't had a flyer, flyer captain to replace him after that. And they go ahead and they name Sean Couturier after about a year and a half on injury reserve. Um, he comes back this year and he's been playing great. Some nasty goals, some great assists, even a big fuck you to Torts after he scored yeah, a game winner. That was awesome. I love that, that stuff. Awesome. But guys like that, just a, he's a true leader. He's, he's fun to watch and it's good. Like this flyer seemed to rally around guys like that. And then, um, they've been playing well. I mean, coming out of the all-star break, I don't know the record now, but they went on a big win streak and they've been giving some big teams, big battles. Like they barely lost to the Rangers today, the hot Rangers too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they named Kachuria their captain and things are looking up in Philly for me. I'm, I'm excited and I enjoyed watching them and they give their other two A's out to Scott Lawton, the yeah. Sergeant number He's 21. Awesome. He's awesome. He is a fun two way forward that scores some sick goals. That guy can rip the puck. And then they give their other A to probably their best player, Travis Konechny. Yeah. And that's never a doubt. He was up there for the captain conversation. But this guy just plays like, can't even say Walmart. He's like a Save on Foods brand, Brad Marchand. <laughs> he he does Do it all. Me? Yeah. yeah. He does it all. He gets in there. He mixes it up. He fought Matthews last year or jumped Matthews. And <laughs> I love that. Guy's going after the stars. And he goes and he scores every night. He scores or he's putting nice up assists. Too. He's and they rip the puck. And it's not like tappins. It's him being a little rat or a workhorse, just getting to the net and burying it. And like, I love watching guys like that that can play. And he's he's the brand of hockey and or brand of player that Philly needs, just like a, an absolute mutt that goes to the net and does the dirty things. And I I'm glad they gave him the A. Yeah. And, um, do you think they make playoffs? I, dude. Your boy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's not even a question. I put a future on it at the start of the year, a little five bucks for 75, cashed it out. There, It's free. It was free money. The Flyers <laughs> are going to the playoffs this year, and don't sleep on them. And, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. And speaking of captains, so obviously a lot of the NHL's, like, biggest names of all time were captains at one point in their career. I wanted to ask you, if you had to name one, one or two guys, who do you think the best players in NHL history are that never wore the C? 
Uh, fuck. Um, wow, that's a good question. Um, shit. Uh, probably Patty Kane up there with Taves. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Datsuk. Yeah, stud. Datsuk's a good one. He, yeah, he, he's one of those two-way selkie. Mm-hmm. Oh. Datsuk was so gross. Selkie, more like silky. That guy's got the disgusting. highlight reel of all time. Yeah. Um, searching it up. Bobby Orr was never captain of Is the that Bruins. Right? That's crazy. Is that true? I'm wow. reading that right now. That's crazy. He's got to be number Bobby Orr, maybe the best defenseman of all. That's got to be. Yeah, if it if he's never if he never was the captain, then that's I crazy. Mean, he's up there. Obviously, there's some big names. He was never named the captain of the Boston Bruins and only took the title of the A for two seasons. Wow. So that's got to be number it's one. It's got to be Bobby Orr. That's got to like, be Bobby Orr. You can't just brush off guys like Malkin and no. Kane and yeah, Malkin's as well. Yeah, Malkin's a good one. Yeah. Those guys are like just as crucial as the captains in their playoff runs. Like Kane was more successful than uh, Taves in their run. Malkin put the team on his back some nights. Yeah. So like those are the kind of players that never wore the C that are great leaders but yeah i think all time there's an argument to be made for malkin in the top i'm gonna say i'm gonna say top top 25 in the nhl all time you look at his stats he's so undermined by crosby like malkin as when he won the heart uh that year Mm -hmm. i think he had 110 points in like 70 something games or dude just to clarify the the way he dominated on the ice Mm -hmm. and you listen to uh former players talk about him they talk so highly like this guy this guy is just a workhorse when uh i remember there was a there's a conversation uh, on uh spitting chicklets with uh wit talking about malkin and he said that they won like six nothing after a game and then malkin had like five assists Mm -hmm. and he comes in and he breaks a stick and he's swearing, and somebody's like, "Whoa, Malkin! Like, what's going on?" Mm. He's like, I did not school. <laughs> and his Russian accent—that oh, yeah. was a terrible Russian accent. But that, that was that just was... a beast. You, know, you don't get the nickname Gino if you don't score goals. No, and he scored some big goals. Yeah, I think he's got over a thousand points. Um, and to clarify, when you say like top twenty-five, you're talking history, like not like currently. Yes, because yes. currently I don't see him up twenty-five, top twenty-five anymore in the league. No, no. I could probably, I feel like I could name 25 players right now that are better than Malkin, at least for this current season. Okay. Maybe I'm just really high on him right now. I, I maybe that, I that might, that, that might be a horrible take. It, I might hey, get man, ripped for that. Get back to us on the take, but I, I, I know Malkin's game and I love it. And he's obviously a hall of famer. Um, yeah. it's just where, where kind of he ends up of all time, but his, his prime of his career. There's no doubt. He's a hall of famer though. No, right. Not, yeah. Okay. Not a doubt to okay. me. Um, you just can't, he was a big part of that, that Pittsburgh kind of legacy era. So it doesn't happen without him. So I agree. Yeah. Just a Um, beast. Yeah. Uh, speaking of beasts, you want to, yeah. Speaking of the beast, do you want to go over to Gary now? Yeah. Let's take it over. This is a great interview guys. I think you guys are going to like it. He's an absolute character and near the end of the interview, me and Noel kind of rip him on something. So yeah, it's, it's, it's. Gary, the man of many names, Tyler, Tyler, Gary, Gary, Tiger, Pounder, um, as crates might call him, when I gave waiter. But yeah, we all love him. 
We all can't wait to get to this interview, so bringing to you now, live, in the flesh, the pound man, Tyler Gary. <laughs> Joining us now is a big bad boy from Rimby, Alberta, who's currently in his second year with the Oceanside Generals and has been a crucial part to this organization's Ford group since arriving. If he's not sitting at bed playing Fortnite, you can catch him looking for lonely waitresses at the Brown Social House. Please welcome to the PP3 podcast, Mr. Poundman, Tyler Gary. Welcome on, buddy. We're glad to have you. Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate being on the pod. No, dude, it's our honor. We've been looking forward to this one for a long time. We knew we had to get the pounder on. We got lots of things we want to talk about with you, buddy. So uh, first off, Gary, uh, how's the season going? How are you uh, liking the new group of guys? Uh, it's not the same as last year because our team last year was, I don't know, like one of the best gens team I'd say in like history, but uh, we're not too bad this year. We've been uh, buzzing a little bit. Just beat the Bucks, no big deal. But, yeah. Yeah, we're heading into playoffs here to play Comox first round. Yeah, so uh, my first question here is, I guess you're kind of going right into it, Comox first round. Um, we've played them the last – uh, two two, two years, ago. years ago, before you played them in playoffs, um, how are you looking forward to that? And uh, how do you think the boys are going to do? Um, uh, looking forward to playing Comox. They're a pretty good team. They got a strong offensive group and D group, I guess. They lay a lot of body. Like it's never fun playing Comox. Like they lay a lot of body. Yeah. But uh, I think if the boys really come together, we might be able to do some damage here. That barn's just shit. I don't like playing yeah. in that barn. I can't play no. good in that so barn. So you ever. guys are third in the north right now, correct? Yeah. So you guys are probably going to ha- – they're going to be home ice advantage to start it off. And you guys are without JT to start your captain, Jacob Thomas. So yeah. you guys, you're going to have to pull a little bit of the weight here yourself, man. I know you're a workhorse. So, I mean, it's we're rooting for you. But what do you, how do you think it's going to go? Uh, we're going to have to play really hard, especially missing JT, a key piece on our team. Uh, leading scorer, I don't know, really good player offensively, scores a lot of goals for us. Kind of need this guy, but uh, yeah, he'll be back sec- third game playoffs. Yeah, well, I can tell you we're going to be in the beer gardens cheering you on, buddy. Um, yeah, so uh, we touched on the new group this year. Uh, we asked Rossi about kind of his role and uh, what's been different this year how what would you describe has been different since uh coming back kind of the final three quarters of the year with the team uh, i'm gonna say uh the group's a little bit different this year i'm not saying that's a bad thing but like we don't have as much skill we still have a lot of skill but like we had like cj last year mm-hmm. big guy <laughs> big big guy right there the stinkiest guy yeah, too. such a greasy fuck very very stinky Love guy you, siege. uh <laughs> yeah that guy we had that guy and he made a big role but um Fuck, we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Just talking how's, about, how's the group this yeah. year? Oh, okay, how, how are you? How are yeah. you liking the group? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's pretty good. Look, we got a good group of guys here. Everyone gets along. We're all boys. We go party all the time together and have a lot of fun. Yeah. So when you were coming back, I remember you telling me you had two rules. I had to tell Ricky that these were the two things you needed: number seventy-one back, pounder special, and you wanted an A. And even without an A, are you? Would you say you're a leader on this team this year? More vocal than last year? Or are you still just the the stupid rookie? Uh, I might, I might kind of be like a stupid rookie a little bit, still a little <laughs> bit. Like, uh, I'll be a little bit vocal and say some stuff, but I don't know. I'm kind of a quiet guy. I've I'd heard say. you kind of uh, taken over the Dante Pazziak no, no, role in the no, room. No, like, 
yelling at coaches. And... No, I don't. No, <laughs> none of that. Not from the pounder. Not. I'm not like Paz. This guy just smashes Sherwoods <laughs> over the post like nothing. Yeah, some Dante Pazic specials. Yeah. So just going back to your uh, minor hockey days before you came over to the Jennies, so that you played a couple years for the West Central Tigers. Yes, sir. U15. Is that a hometown team? Or? Uh, Sylvan Lake. Yeah. Sylvan Lake. So how far away is that from uh, Rimby, Alberta? It's like 25 minutes. Okay. Yeah. So how was your experience there? Did you have? I see you put up pretty good points. You're consistently in the 20, 20 point range over uh, a 33, 34 yeah, game mark. Are you really looking at my stats here? We're looking at your stats, bud. <laughs> Playoffs. You're a good playoff player. Other than uh, 2018, you kind of sound. Well, we know. What, what year was that? that? Uh, you play. Oh, no, that's when you played with the Hockey Central Panthers. Oh, that's no, I AP. I played. Yeah, AP. I, I okay. played two games. I, so going back, uh, West Central Tigers. Yeah. How was it? Oh, it was pretty awesome. My uh, second year, I got to wear. Uh, was fortunate enough to wear the C. Uh, oh, no big, big deal. Captain. We uh, won. We won the South, or no, we won the North. So then we played the South team. We lost in the finals to go to the provincials. So. But. Pretty cool. So you're coming from a successful minor hockey team, and you came right to the Gens out of there. So who reached out to you? Like, where did they spot you? I, I remember Crates telling me about you in Summerize before we ever signed you, just about a little rat. And he, the story he told me was you guys went to a showcase, and he saw you draw two penalties in the same shift, eat that shit up, no retaliation, and then get up and score on the power play. So that was... That was like our first introduction to who Tyler Gary was as a player. Yeah, yeah. just a fucking glue guy. But yeah, man, so you came from a successful team. We picked you up out of, um, well, I guess Crates and Rick picked you up out of a a showcase, and you came on to the Gens. And what was kind of like your first taste of junior hockey? Like what made it it special for you last year? It was just like, it was was a big experience for me. Like I joined this team. I don't know anybody. It was kind of hard to get used to. But like the group of guys was like, awesome like everyone's a bunch of beauties out here uh i don't know the start of the year was kind of rough last year like the first couple of games but like well yeah you got stuck on a line with me no no no, no that's <laughs> not what i'm saying dude just like our team like we'd lose a game and it'd be like everyone's at each other's throats last yeah. year we and were it, like that the year before too before you came it was the exact same start we started off the year 500 and then after we went on a little bit of a winning streak not as big of a winning streak as what we did last year. What was it? 2017. I think it was 29 was going it? into playoffs. And then games. we swept the first round of playoffs yeah. and then lost our first game since November against the storm in the first round. Yeah. That's crazy stuff. So, um, yeah, going back to, uh, minor hockey again. So West central tigers kind of touched on that. And then the Sylvan Lake Wranglers, you AP two games for a H. H-J-H-L. The Heritage, baby. The Heritage. The Heritage. Are there any good teams in that? What type of... It's another Junior B league, right? it's a lot worse than these (laughs) leagues in BC, but it's not bad. It's not bad. Well, obviously, it can't be... I mean, you had a little pit stop there after your brief stint with... uh, LaRange yeah. and you put up I remember checking the Rocky Rams page and seeing Tyler Gary four point night and I was like holy fuck we need this guy back so is that where you went after the LaRange for a couple games yeah I came home and I was like kind of upset whatever yeah. like as you would be but uh yeah I was like told this guy I was like oh yeah I'll come play there if I come back if I don't make LaRange or whatever so I went back I like I don't know I went up did what I was said I'd do so I played a couple of games I played First game, it's like this Pinocchio team. 
notoriously bad team. They don't win. They're like the Buccaneers. That's where John Griffiths came from. No fucking way. Yeah, do dude. you know John Griffiths? I do not know John Griffiths. Ty guy? Yeah, dude. He, he came from Noka Sapiens. Five one ball, CJ. Five yeah. one ball. Hey, CJ. Hey, CJ. I still wears his Jens gear every day. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, man. Sorry to cut you off here. What were you saying, bud? About uh... okay, well, we played. We played against them. They're a pretty bad team. Uh, I don't know. Four four goals against them. Scored my first shift with Rocky. They're uh, I don't know. Pinocchio's very bad. It was a pretty easy game. We beat them like five nothing or something. Yeah, well, it can't be that yeah. bad. It must have been you doing something. I mean, you had <laughs> yeah. fifty one points last year with the Jennies in your first year of junior, and you had 40, 47 games played, twenty three goals, twenty eight assists, and wow, a whopping sixteen pims there, Gare. Tough guy. But yeah, and after a, I mean, pretty dominant year as a rookie in the VI, you got picked up by LaRange, I think, at Cyclone. And so kind of give us a little bit of a taste of what it was like up there for you as an Alberta boy and playing up in Sask. You know, it's a very different place from going from BC to Saskatchewan. We're living up there in uh, the boonies, I'd say. Kind of a different community. I, I don't know. I can't really say too much about it, but... Uh, Old barn, old place. I don't know. Not much there. We had yeah. uh, Dairy Queen, KFC, <laughs> and uh, an A&W, and you that get, was all we had. So where did like, you go for your sneaky day beers? We weren't allowed, dude. Oh, that's a shame. There's one, there's one bar in the whole town, and our coach knows everybody there. Like, You can't get away with nothing. Did you get many fans at your games? Uh, we get a little bit of fans. Come down from the, uh, what's it called? The Indian band there would come down and watch a couple games. Oh, they get rowdy. They get fucking rowdy. Oh, the fans they? there are awesome. Like, they <laughs> oh, yeah. get rowdy. Yeah, they, they live it's like it. CR fans. Yeah, fucking CR fans are crazy. Oh yeah, CR. Just a fun bar to play in. So how was the hockey? You played eight games. You had four points, goal, and three assists. Um, anybody looking at that would have thought, well, this kid can play in the league, half a point per game. But obviously, Laurent was like, "Fuck this skinny bastard." <laughs> Fortnite loving guru so what, what what was your experience at like how was the hockey how did you did you feel comfortable playing out there or what was the main what was the main difference Just give oh, us some analysis. It's, it's a lot faster pace i'd say out there i mean compared to the vi it's a lot faster a lot of more skilled guys but uh i don't know it's a lot different we practice like mornings at like 10 a.m be there an hour early and we'd uh always do like Fun practice, like not fun, but we do a practice and we'd always get bag skate at the end, no matter what. We'd always do like a little bag skate. And then the guys that don't play on the weekend, they're scratched, they do another bag skate. Ooh. And it was like a lot, man. That must have been a culture shock coming from the gens where we maybe had one bag skate all year. Yeah, gens to shoot the puck from one end into the open yeah, net. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's move on to the Jenny's team uh, last year. Obviously, we talked talked about um our 29 game winning streak and the type of group we had and one player who's not on the team anymore nolan wyatt who you played against tonight 6-1 win for the gens but nolan wyatt from a great assist from evan dice yep. little snipe top shelf with two two minutes left in the game to make it 6-1 um how has it been missing your captain who started off the year he was a he's a big glue guy in the room, you know. He uh he got all the boys fired up. Missed this guy. Uh, he'd always be up there giving all the boys some uh, encouragement and 
fucking always be on the laying ball on the four check <laughs> and like score a little couple sneaky goals like that like his goal tonight was pretty nasty nice feed by dice but almost wanted to give him a high five when he went by the bench <laughs> our own bench but uh didn't want to upset the coaches yeah, hey man it felt like i was on two teams out there tonight i still love all you boys <laughs> but um yeah gary so as soon as you came to the gens like it immediately we're like this guy's a fucking workhorse and a great just two-way guy so How'd that, like, where'd the work ethic come from? Is that from being a little farm boy living out there, doing all that shit, working on the rigs up in Alberta, um, or whatever you do? <laughs> yeah, okay. Whatever what you, you do, do What do you even what do, do you up do there? For work? Run the vac truck, buddy. Run hey. the vac truck. What do you do for fun? Drink? For fun? Yeah, what do you do up there? I don't know. Do some stupid stuff, shoot fireworks at each other, and <laughs> get hammered? Hell I yeah. don't know. That's Alberta. <laughs> well, anyways, man, so did coming from kind of a small town, just being out for an Alberta boy did that translate to kind of your work ethic in hockey oh uh, yeah I'd say a little bit like I don't know always have a hard work ethic like I mean maybe not in school but like <laughs> people skills and like that kind of stuff Fake I got a hard work guy. ethic for like working and I don't know hockey I've always been working hard like goes through the generations from family like my uh, grandpa is a good uh, hard-working guy guy's been working all his life he's still like working vac truck and he's like 80 years old so it's in, it's in our blood. So you know? it's in the blood. It's in, it's in the blood, it's man. It's in the Gary Tree, fellas. Exactly. And um, watching your game, you just you don't stop skating. Wherever you're going, your feet are moving. Is there a player when you started playing hockey who you kind of looked up to and wanted to model their game after? Uh, I don't know. I liked I liked watching uh, young Ryan Nugent Hopkins back when okay. he was playing in Red Deer. Okay. Like He was a really good player. I always looked up to that guy. He's probably my favorite player up to this day. Did you watch any of his games when he was uh, playing in, was it Red Deer? Yeah, Red Deer for, for the did Rebels. You, yeah. Did you watch many of his games? I watched a couple, yeah. Yeah. He's, so he's good to watch. Keezer's a Canucks fan. I'm a Flyers fan. What's your NHL team? Uh, I'm an Oilers fan. Oh, oh. I've been treating, I'm, yeah. not a, I'm not a bandwagon, though. I've been a day one. Well, yeah, it makes yeah, sense, yeah. man. If you're a nuge dick rider. Yeah, I'm a nuge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we talked about. Uh, the team this year a little bit. Who do you think has been kind of a breakout player that maybe started off the year a little bit slow or didn't have uh, high expectations for him, and then all of a sudden the boys were like, okay, this guy, <laughs> this guy can be a big part to uh, this team and contribute to a, a playoff run. Who would you say is that player? I'd say the shit A guy, Mr. BR19. BR19. Oh, he's, oh, he's been He's going to love hearing he's, this. He's been working them half walls lately. Like He's been getting them out of the zone. He's been scoring lots of goals. Like this How guy, much did he pay you to say this? Yeah, is this a paid uh, ad from BR? A couple hundred. Yeah, whatever <laughs> it figures. Yeah. But Ross, he's been the guy Ross, that's, Ross been, that stepped it up. Oh, yeah, he's been stepping up lately. He's been scoring a lot, actually. Yeah. Guy, yeah. guy needs to work on his sellies a little bit. He hasn't got an assist, he said, since November or something, but he's been scoring. <laughs> yeah, fake That's Matthews. A, yeah, fake Matthews. So, yeah, you came over um, kind of three quarters through the year this year. What made you come back? Because you started well, off Well, he came first quarter. H Started in the Heritage. Well, he's played in the last yeah. three quarters, I meant yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so you, you've so far you've played 34 games this year. Um yeah, so what made you come back to the island? What made you not want to stay with the uh, Rocky Rams and the uh, I don't know. I, we played our last game with Rocky. We played against uh, High River Flyers. We we got rinsed 6 Is that Taylor Madsen's Taylor, team? Taylor Madsen oh was God. putting up points, the captain break. of that team. Give me a he, break. Jen. He was a Jenny. 
Oh God, <laughs> beauty that guy. But uh, anyways, yeah, we got rinsed on from by them, and on the bus right home, I got right on the bus, and I texted Rick. I said, "Send me the papers right now. I'm signing." <laughs> so you had enough of it? Oh yeah, I had enough. Like, league's not as good. Like, I kind of want to still play like competitive hockey. So was it that league goes up till twenty one though, right? Yeah, you can play a twenty at one year. Yeah. <laughs> so are you allowed to? play with the team next year if you wanted to or no yeah if i play next year i could play next year and the year after but you have to play your 20 year to play your 21 year i keep thinking okay so you could play next year yeah i could play two more years basically if i went back there but not to put you on the spot i know the coaches might be listening to this but what are you what are you kind of leaning do you want to come back to the island no, you don't. Uh, I I don't know, man. I'm trying to I'm trying to get my life going here. I'm trying to go to, like school and like okay. get it going. And what do you want to take at school, dude? I have no idea. Probably a vac truck. <laughs> take a vac truck to school. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds good. No, I'll take business like every other guy. Every other hockey. hockey guy. Be like Braden Ross taking business. Is that what he's doing? <laughs> yeah, as long as you don't try and Braden market. doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. As <laughs> yeah, long as you don't try and market a home button on iPhones, I think you'll be doing good. <laughs> yeah. How about Rossi? So one story. I wanna I wanna bring up a story from last year. Oh god. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this word anymore because of. Hockey Canada being soft, but soft. at our first rookie party. Oh, yes, yeah. I said rookie Hockey Canada. Yeah. Cancel me. First rookie party. We had all the rookies in diapers. Yeah. And we all had a little thing for them. And for you, we had handcuffs in a big old purple dildo. Yeah. And all night, you were loving that thing. You were doing helicopter cock with that <laughs> oh, purple dildo. Walking around with bagels you on it. You were loving it. No, the pound, the pound man was absolutely, oh, he was jerking it. He was loving it. And the crazy part is, that's not even where the nickname Pounder came from. And it's not from what you might think either. But we'll get to that. So, <laughs> yeah. rookie parties. Had a couple parties here yeah. at Dicers. What do you remember from that night? I because if I recall, at the end of the night, you're running around with handcuffs in a Bud Light box. No, 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 not Bud Light. I think a couple videos no, would twisted. say otherwise. Twisted, bro. No, oh, not Bud Light. No way. That doesn't make it any better. Come on. <laughs> it does, actually. <laughs> what do you remember? Is my story correct? Well, I was wearing a purple strap on. Your, yeah. Well, yeah, what do you, re- you remember that video of me opening the door? I'm like, welcome to the party. And I got that strap on, on that per- big purple strap oh, on. Oh, yeah. Quickly, and that was where we really started to um, realize who the real pounder was and the <laughs> kind of never animal he was. It was never a doubt. So what do you remember from that night? Kind of take us through the rookie uh, party and the, the rookies that you're a team with. Don't get too graphic. Cause I don't really don't remember who was on my team for that. Who was? Who were the rookies last well, year? We who, had Grusho, uh, Groomer, the birthday Hutch, boy. Um, Harvey, what else was there? Paz. Yeah. We had Bodnarski at the time, too. Bods? Yeah, Bod was the there. Bod, yeah. Was Con Man there? No. No? Oh, the Con Man. Okay, then I think that's it, right? Yeah. All I remember is the first oh, first challenge. Harvey. Did we say Harvey? I said Harvey. Harvey yeah, Dog? Yeah. yeah. The first challenge we did, we were upstairs in, in Dicer's bathroom. Yeah. And there's just all the mystery drinks we had to chug. Yeah. And, like, I won't lie. We, were, we might have been... Some were not very good. Like they tasted really bad. So oh, we were, it's like Caesars. Oh, and oh yeah. Some, Guinnesses. Some 10, of it was ten percent. Oh, dude, we were pouring it down. Beers. The, we were pouring it down the fucking shower. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad you went up to it now, bud. Oh, well, I, I, I never said yeah, that. I dude. can't say nothing. And I was doing the exact same thing in Arnie's spare yeah. bedroom on my rookie party. Check that air so freshener, buddy. So the truth buddy. comes out. Eh? The truth comes out. Uh, who is your favorite rookie on the team, along with yourself? Who was the guy that you kind of last year? 
Um, obviously, we're stepping into a new environment. It's always difficult. Um, but who was the person who you kind of leaned on pretty quickly and started a good friendship with? Uh, I'd say uh, either Paz or Harv. Me and Harv were really close at the start. We're still pretty close. Like I like I wouldn't hang out with that guy a lot. We went drinking and butt in a. Yeah. Br- in a Oh my god. <laughs> Went drinking and a bunch of stuff, but uh Paz has been like my boy, you know. Yeah. We're close like that. Went came came out and practiced with us this year. He's like, Oh yeah, let's go to the rod after. Let's go for the let's go to the rod and gun after practice. <laughs> I'm like, dude, it's eleven o'clock. They're closed. On a so Wednesday probably. Yeah, too. It was like it was like a Monday night, yeah. So like, let's go to the rod. After a Borat session or a Mad Max? Mad Max. <laughs> the Mondays. Mad Max Mondays. Yeah. They're different now though. Yeah, Parker so runs Parker runs them. Parker Oh, that's your assistant coach. Yeah. Yeah, the the new D coach. Yeah, he's a beauty. Yeah, you like him? I like him, yeah. How how has the has the coaching uh changed at all this year with a different group? Has the no, coaches kinda had to adapt or younger? Uh it's I don't know, practices are a lot different than last year. Like of course they would be. Like we were just winning everything last year, so it's like we can just have fun practices and we don't have to really work on that much stuff. Mm-hmm. This year it's like a little bit different. We always like do like some D zone stuff. We have to do that all like every practice where we're gonna D zone, like I don't know, a bunch of different stuff. Yeah, have you found the coaches have been a lot more, um, I guess, uh, pressing on you guys this year than last year? Uh, yeah, probably a little bit because we're not as good, but like, they're always hard on us. They're just trying to make us better, you know. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's kind of hard to motivate guys that are hard to motivate, but like, they're getting the job done, you know. That's good to hear. That's good. Yeah, to hear. that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and um, how would you compare the league this year to last year? What changes have you seen? Many changes in. Uh, teams has there been any teams that have surprised you guys or taken that leap that you didn't uh think they would take you guys have struggled against Kerry park this year though. yeah Kerry park has been a real challenge Kerry Park's for us. been good they yeah. got uh parker clip the two clip the clippies they've been good they should be on the gens still they should have been on the gens yeah clippies clippies are hard to play against man hard workers so would you like Kerry park the team that you kp's like the team i hate playing against man yeah yeah kp's they always grind. I don't know. We can't beat them for some reason. We played them like four times, five times. They're a playoff team. They play chippy. They don't give oh, yeah. a fuck. CR, CR are shitting bricks right now. Oh, they're, yeah. They're playing, they're playing KP, right? Yeah, they're first playing round. KP. For, that's yeah, be they they don't really round. beat KP. Oh, dude. They were texting. A couple guys on their team texted me saying, you guys got to squeak one out against the Gens. Yeah. We want Gens first round. So yeah. I'm excited to see how that one goes. I mean, like I said, I might have mentioned it in the first episode, but I've been saying it for a while. I think Kerry Park's my dark horse. Yeah. I would agree. That'd be crazy if KP came and like they this, they might beat Storm. I think they can. They I beat think up they the will. Cougars the last two years. Oh, They're yeah. a playoff yeah. team. I'm I'm excited, man. KP's it's a good be, team. It's gonna be good. Yeah. Um, no. I mean, yeah, like the playoffs this year. I, I'm excited to see. I I kind of said my picks, but yeah. really excited to see you guys get going. The playoffs are a whole different beast, though. So hopefully, oh, yeah. you guys with the experience, you Ross, JT, Cookie, and Pose, obviously can step up in the clutch and kind of lead the boys to the promised lands. Um. But yeah, man. You see, uh, yeah. you see that Comox crowd there on the news? Oh, that shit. thing? No. They I, got, you can say I'll that talk thing. about this. I saw it on the news. I played there, Dicer's first game with the Bucks, and um, so I guess Comox has this entire like European student section that's living up and working up Mount Washington, and they come down for all the Glacier Kings homes game now, and they fill up half the rink. And they're doing soccer chants, and they're chirping, and they're loud, and it's it's fucking crazy. And if Comox has that during the playoffs, man, you guys are gonna have to play through some some home ice advantage for those guys. But yeah, it's it's pretty electric in Comox, and they're they've been a good team for the last three years now. So it's gonna be an absolute, it's gonna be a dogfight in the first round, same way it was two years ago. But 
I mean, rooting for you boys. Yeah, I feel like uh, playing in that barn would be like hype me up, kind of. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of like really kind of cool. like a big score goal, a big fuck you. Oh to yeah, those guys. oh yeah. Does they get how many? How many? Fans does their barn hold? I think it's oh, close no. to the meeker man, like a thousand, I'd say, and they're putting up just as many as the as the gens nowadays. Yeah. They're yeah. filling yeah. that. They got shit. the new scoreboard. Yeah, it's <laughs> up there. It's all, it's not bad. It's pretty nice. Yeah. It is compared nice. to what they had. It's yeah. hard to play exactly. in that barn. It is hard yeah. to play. That was definitely. I like, hate the benches. Yeah, the, the benches long change, man. Yeah. Suck. Yeah, yeah. long if change. On, if you're on that uh, far side. Oh, it's, yeah. a, it's brutal. The long o- change dealing with offsides, trying to get on. Yeah, it's tough. Um is there anything else? Uh, anything else you want to add, Gary? Anything you want to talk about, Gary? Anything uh, that's on your mind? Uh, I want to talk about Sean Brendelin. <laughs> you want to talk about Sean Brendelin? Oh, actually, I got one thing to ask you. Yes, sir. So, this is gonna hit you like a truck here. I was talking to somebody, and a couple months ago, I guess you were sending a couple snaps. Whoa, whoa, you whoa. horny bastard tried to hit up my sister. No, whoa. I did not, dude. Yes, 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 no, yes. No, no, no. Let's hear about it. Let's nah, hear about it. Nah, she added me, dude. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hit her up, though. I didn't hit she her. She added you first? I'm pretty sure. I don't fucking remember. Maybe. maybe no, I, I don't believe it. Okay, maybe porn I, dog. I might have added her. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. That's why we call him the pounder, folks. I ha- I had to call you out. For anyways. That. Well, I anyways. Get, I, had I'm, your, I'm, I'm, I had to get your reaction. I'm blocked now. We're good. So <laughs> I got Gary, blocked. Um, among or I guess alongside playing hockey, yeah. I've heard that you're a frequent solo beer right into a Fortnite session guy. Who told you this? Oh, I've been hearing I've been hearing it through the grapevine. I heard <laughs> I heard about a quite eventful day for you. Solo beer for lunch, a little bit of Fortnite, down to the Nino for yourself, yep. win a win yep. a few bucks, yep. then to the box game, then to the bar. The right. rusted rake, baby. Okay, that might have happened. At twelve yeah. o'clock rusted rake. Hey, I that's solo session. I started at Fern and Cedar and had a couple pi- I had a okay. pint. And then I uh, headed down to the casino. Because <laughs> why not? Did well, you win? No. Well, that's how you uh, get to be projected 50 points in 33 games, buddy. That's, uh, that's the secret, folks. So you went to the Nino, and then what's the recipe? Uh, you know, I was playing a lot of blackjack, put 50 in, just did, a, just did 150 spin, lost. Took out another 50, did another 50 spin, lost. Took out 100 and put it down, lost. And then I was like, okay, I lost. And then I just went to the whatever, it's called the well in there. Like oh, the yeah, little yeah, restaurant, yeah. and I had some quesadillas that were pretty mid, but it was all right. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I went to the Bucks game, and then I watched Nolo snipe some goals on a B-way. I think they're playing, who are you playing, Coma? CR. CR, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there with you, yeah. They're sitting Peters. It's oh. a pretty eventful day. Um, it was. I, 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 I don't got much left for yeah. this kid. I mean, there's a lot of stories that aren't quite PG-13 well, or 18-plus here. A- after the year, when... Uh, <laughs> When you're maybe out of the league, we'll uh, we'll bring up some more stuff. So yeah, we'll uh, bring on some just bring some it on Sunfest stories, eh? Bring it on right now. <laughs> All right, let's do it. I mean, what's wrong with that? So you flew into Sunfest this year. Um, little sneaky pickup from my ex girlfriend. Yeah, didn't want to mention that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just hit that on the nose. And then little scumbag, we're finding out from Gary, hitting up players' sisters, hey, nothing's getting off rides limits. from ex-girlfriends. Nothing's What's going off limits on here, with Gary the Pounders Dog. boys. Nothing's off limits. But I just want to ask the question of what made you think that it was a good idea to wear a Mountain Dew cutoff for four days? I was getting ladies, you know. <laughs> they, they they love that Mountain they did Dew love cutoff. It, man. I the won't. Dude. I can't argue with that. Oh no! I had so many ladies come up to me. They're like, "Oh, that's a nice shirt." Like. 
can you just take it off for me right now? And I was like, you know, I could, but like, you're not that special. <laughs> oh, I, that's exactly how it went, actually. It is. Yeah, I was there. Sean was there. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you flew in for what, the five days? Yeah, didn't shower once. It was kind and of you, crazy. You, that is disgusting. You, well, there, there's no showers yes, there, man. There what, is, so you go dude. into a lake and scrub your nuts there? Uh, yeah, basically. I just go for a quick swim for like 30 seconds. I'm out. Hopefully, you're doing better than Dicer because rumor has it that guy doesn't wash his ass crack. He doesn't wash his ass crack? <laughs> yeah, dude. How stinky not, is he's he? He's the Will Not King, dude. Stinky. Stinky. So you stayed with Sean each, each. Yes, he brought me a tent. You know, I was hanging out with his friends, you know. It was all right. It was all right. Anything yeah. else you want to share from uh, your first ever Sunfest? A couple girls let me down, but it's all right. Hey, it's man. All right. You regroup. You come back better. You we'll hit, see. Up, hit up a couple boys' sisters. Talk to a couple boys' ex-girlfriends. Okay, you're making me sound like such hey, a bad guy. Life right, goes man. on, right, Gary? Oh, it's yeah. always Life next year. Up. This guy's coming back. Mountain Dew shirt. Full action. Next year's Urban. I got watch and learn the wilderness explorer. Gary's coming back. Next year his- he's coming back and he's looking for moms. So be prepared. Uh oh, mom, <laughs> you can stay home from Sunfest. <laughs> Don't bring your moms to Sunfest. Might be bad. Oh dear. Okay. Well, no, they're safe. They're safe. Uh, Tyler, we thank you very much for coming on. I think that was a good interview. Um, we'll have to get you on at some point. After the year, but yeah, uh, we'd obviously love to bring up a few more stories, man. But I love it. Hey, we appreciate man. you coming on. Yeah, thanks I appreciate for making you guys the stop me. after you just pumped my team in my last home game. You fucking dick. I was just skating circles. I didn't do nothing, tonight, <laughs> but I was there. Uh, that's the tiger for you, folks. We'll, the boys got us. Well, thanks again, man. We appreciate it. We'll definitely have you on again soon. Thanks for having me, boys. Thanks, okay. Gary. Peace Bye. out, Gary. Yeah, well, round of snaps for our boy Gary. Another classic interview out of that guy. You know, you guys might be able to tell from how he talks why we call him the fake stoner, but we appreciate having him on. It's it's always a pleasure kind of hanging out with that guy. He's a, he's a riot. Um, but, yeah, getting back kind of into the NHL talk here. Um, Keezer, trade deadline's right around the corner, man. So what do you think this deadline's going to look like this year? I do you think it's going to be boring, exciting, or do you think there's going to be any trades that kind of shock everybody? Or what's kind of how do you see this lay, playing out here? Is well, it going to be exciting? It, I think it will be exciting. Um, I think if you asked me that uh, two weeks ago, I would have said it, it might be pretty boring. Mm-hmm. But there's some big names that have been brought up uh, this deadline. I just saw some uh, news about UC Soros mm-hmm. uh, maybe on the move. It seems like there was some rumors that were kind of small and a lot of analysis or uh, analysts uh, didn't really see anything from it. But now it seems like it's a little bit more serious with uh, Askarov, their goalie prospect playing really well Mm. in the AHL. Um, I think that's a huge name that could be out there. Teams that like maybe you look at the Devils, they've been struggling a little bit. Are they going to, it'll be, they want a goalie with term. I think they want any player with term Mm -hmm. because it looks like they're not, probably not going to make playoffs this year so i think that could be a player i think also the kings have kind of struggled i know cam talbot was a um all-star this year which i don't i don't his stats aren't great uh, i'm pretty sure maybe you can fact check me on yeah. that little, but um and also the canes the canes have been weird they've had three i guess you could say three starting goalies uh Fre- freddie anderson uh, anti Ranta and then was it Kuchekov or yeah Kuchekov yeah like they got three starting goalies who can't find their games so 
I think that's another team that could maybe be in with UC Soros. Mm-hmm. And then um, and sp- for defensemen, Noah Hannafin's name has been coming up a lot. It seems like he, uh, Calgary has put him on the trade block and are um, going to trade him before the deadline. So uh, last week he revealed that he had a desire to play with the Lightning in the future. Mm. So is it this season? Maybe. I think he's going to want to go. He's an American boy, so um, if he's talking about wanting to go back to Tampa, I think it's fair to say a Canadian team Mm -hmm. probably isn't going to be getting him, which I think that's exactly what the Leafs need right now, some defense, Mm -hmm. and that's a pretty big blow for them. Um, I guess also the Avs could be on him. The Panthers have been red hot. Yep. And uh, the Golden Knights also have some cap room now. Uh, Mark Stone might be on long time or long. He is. Uh, yeah. He's on IR. Is, is he? this another cap loop, dude? What do you think? Is this I don't another? know. That's, that's, I think that uh, he, he's hurt. It was, he had a lacerated spleen. He's been injured on and off for the last five years. He's, too. he's, he's, he's had bad back. Yeah, made glass. And, um, yeah, he'll be back for playoffs. You know he'll be back. Oh, he'll for playoffs. be back, and he'll be not getting him and Jack Eichel. They'll and, have another hundred million dollar salary cap on that Vegas team. Yeah, so that that's definitely a play. I don't think his cap hits too big right now. I think mm. it's four point five. I think that's what we said last episode. Yeah. So that's definitely a player. Um, Can I cut you off? Yeah. So sorry to cut you off, but right before we sat down to film this, it's a Saturday night. We just watched the Canucks with a huge comeback win yeah. against the Bruins. I saw a post from Elliot Friedman saying that teams are starting to kick their tires on Pedersen. So sounds like the Elliot trade... Friedman, that's a serious... Yeah, Friedman's legit, man. So there's what I read was that they're not gaining any traction in contract talks with Pedersen. Um, and it sounds like they're letting teams kind of shoot their shot and see, what's, see what they can get for him. And to be fair, man, I don't see it happening. No, I think Looking it's Looking at the, the Canucks at the deadline... I think they just keep loading up with cheaper, like affordable pieces. Um, they're just going to keep buying chips and just keep doing their thing because it's obviously working right now. Um, just need a little. They aren't going to trade them. They're not. Gonna they're trade not going to. That you. They just got Lindholm. Um, they got Zadorov this year. They're mm. top two in the. I don't know if they're still first in the league, but they're either one or two. Um, I think it's strictly for. Um, just contract money. I think totally. for PD, it's a contract. Um, uh, what's the word? Um, tactic. Yeah. It's I'm, I'm a Baltimore Ravens fan. So last year, the same thing happened with Lamar Jackson. Yeah. He held out and then got the bag. Um, I think it's kind of the same thing that you're seeing here. PD's agents probably telling him like, just hold on. Don't yeah. talk to them. The, keep, the keep, Nylander treatment. Yeah. Right? Keep, they, it's just those Swedes, man. They just want all that fucking money. <laughs> those good looking bastards. God damn. They can't have it all. Yeah. I, I wanted to run a potential trade destination by you. Yeah. So obvious now, terrible news. Sergachev in his first game yeah. back, he goes out again. Ugly too. Ugly hey. injury. Ugh. Broken an ankle in two spots. And you just hate to see that. Especially for a Tampa team that is poised to make another playoff push. Um, they're kind of in the back end of their legacy, I'd say. Like, guys are starting to age. Stamkos isn't what he was. Kucherov's still doing it at a high rate, but they're just not getting, like, the full dominance that they were in the past. So, without Sergachev, that's a big piece missing in their back end. Mm-hmm. Do you think they kick tires on Hannafin? I think they do. Um, they got the cap room. They're, like you said, they're kind of on their back kinda, nine for yeah. players. Um, they're having really good years out of 
Um, Cooch. Cooch, obviously, he's up for the MVP uh, talk, but also Brandon Hagel. He's just under a point per game. He's one of those guys, like, he, he gets into the dirty areas. He, he's making, a, I think, 2.5 mil he's cheap. right now. He's one of the best contracts in the NHL. Um, Very affordable key piece yeah. to that Tampa team. He, yeah, he's a second-line player for them, and he's a power play and PK guy. So um, I th- I think they, they do, they, they're they going to do something, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Of. They're they going to need somebody to fill that. they got cap room now. Sergeyev's going to be out. That's a, their num- number two defenseman gone. Um, yeah, I think they could definitely go for Noah Hannafin. Totally. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, um, that'd be a big, big ad for them, so... I think they definitely kind of hunt for that Hannafin back end piece there. Yeah, um, I guess, and also Chris Tanov. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Tanov, I think the Flames will probably move. Uh, I saw a report there; they're looking to get a first round pick for him. Uh, Noel, do you think any teams are me kicking tires on Chris Tanov and who? I'm curious. Um, like I said, a lot of guys need that kind of gritty eat shots for breakfast d-man like any team in the nhl could use a guy like that like even vegas's whole team last year the whole decor were just big strong mean tough d-man so that's what's obviously a big piece of the puzzle for winning a stanley cup so i don't have any specific destination right now for tanev do you think he stays in canada i don't know man he's a canadian he plays like is he canadian um, I think he is. Yeah, I well, think he, is. he just like to me is a Canadian hockey player. Yeah, the way he plays the game. Um, I did see that their hated rivals of the Calgary Flames have been eyeing up Chris Tan of the Oilers. They're never trading partners, but apparently, apparently they're hunting for him. So yeah, I think yeah they'll get rid of their first round pick this mm-hmm. year. I don't think they'll keep that um, pick for. Um, Edmonton, and I think that would be great for them. Um, we got Cody Cece, who's not as bad as what people are thinking. Um, I know he got a lot of shit with, uh, was it Toronto yeah. that he played with? Yeah. So I think he's playing a little bit better. Darnell Nurse, he's making a shit ton of money. Well, like, they need Tanev to play with Darnell yeah. instead of Cece. People shit on Darnell, but... He does his job. He, he's not a $9.5 million no. dollar player. No. Like everybody, everybody knows that. You think seven and a half is I more think, reasonable? I think probably if he was at six, I think fans would love him. If he was making six million dollars, he would be on a statue in Edmonton. Yeah, man. he yeah, he's a good player. So you add Chris Tanev to that decor. You got Darnell and CC, and then uh, Evan Bouchard and Chris Tanev, mm-hmm. and also Ekholm. Yeah, Ekholm. That's a again. really good decor, yep. and that's kind of what's held them back the last couple of that, years. Yeah, that and goaltending. Yeah, so I think I think you're you got a good pick there yeah. with Edmonton. That'd be that'd be a sneaky one there. Yeah. It'd be it'd be cool too to trade it to a rival. I wonder how he'd fit in there. I feel like I think he's he kind would. of the guy that just slides right into a dressing room and everybody everybody loves him. Yeah, he, he eats pucks mm-hmm. for breakfast. You he's, need guys like that. He's a great defensive defenseman. Mm-hmm. So I think teams are going to love to have wh- – wh- wherever he ends up, I think he, he's going to fit he's gonna right in. He's going to be very welcome. You play him with uh, – I think another team that could maybe go for him is uh, the Wings. The Wings, eh? Yeah, I – I think you're going to see the Wings start to heat up here in the next uh, month or two. They've been playing some pretty good hockey. Patty Kane just had a sick they knocked overtime off, winner. Knocked off the, uh, the, the Colorado Avalanche a yeah. couple nights ago now. And they got the players for 
uh, a playoff run. I think they got some grit. They got uh, JT Comfort, Dylan mm-hmm. Larkin, and uh, Rasmussen, who just signed a new deal up their uh, center slots. Those are pretty good players. Yeah, it looks like the Yeiser plan's in full effect, yeah. man. You also things, got Andrew Kopp. Things are looking nice in Winnipeg. Or, sorry, Detroit, dude. <laughs> Detroit, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I think Chris Tanev could uh, go in there mm-hmm. and make move. I think Chris Iser, the Iser plan, Yeah. I think he's going to go in um, quietly in the trade deadline and do his business quietly just like he does with everything else. And yeah, we'll see. I think we won't hear any rumors about it until it happens. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So anything that comes out of Detroit to me is going to be a, it'd be a surprise. Yeah. You never really know what's going on there, man. Yeah. Another player uh, before we move on that I wanted to touch on who's a big, big time player and is a first line forward, I think, on most teams, Pavel Buchnevich mm-hmm. on St. Louis. He's having a great year this year. He just had a hat trick the other night against the uh, Islanders, I think it was. Um, he's a gamer, man. I think, yeah, he could probably, uh, there was reports out that, uh, if he was to get traded, uh, St. Louis is looking to get two first round picks for him. Mm-hmm. That's a big ask, but I think teams would, uh, pay that. He's a big boy who can score. He's got great hands. He has 189 points in 190 games since becoming a, a St. Louis point Points per blue. game player. And yeah, I think he got traded from the Rangers for like a third round pick, I think. Mm-hmm. And Sammy Blaze. Yeah. I think that was the exact trade. I think St. Louis might have won that one. Oh, yeah. Like, what the fuck are you doing, Rangers? Yeah. I think it was a capped up, but still. Like, still, it He looks... was still sick on the Rangers before he's really breaking exactly. out Exactly. And St. Louis. He's, he's definitely St. Louis's biggest asset at the deadline. Yeah. That's another team I don't necessarily follow as close as others, but mm-hmm. Buchnevich is one of the names that would kind of shake up any team in the NHL right now if they were to pick him up. He's a kind of guy that could go into the – an already solid offense and make it an elite offense. Yeah, I think uh, you could see the Knights mm-hmm. kicking tires on him. They with, like uh, those Mark guys. Down. Yeah, the they Russian, like those they Russian pair Russian him up grinders, with uh, dude. Big Boy Barbashev. Yep. That's a pretty good line right there. Mm-hmm. Him and Marshasso. Barbashev, oh. Buchnevich, Marshasso would be a sketchy line to play against. Personally, uh, I know a lot of people hate Vegas, and I get why, but I got Vegas as my cup team. I got a really? Few, I got a future on them. I think... They're just, they're just built to win. Like I, I described uh, our Jens team from mm-hmm. last year as kind of like the same thing with Vegas. You just, they just got the culture. And uh, after uh, the summer, me and uh, Mr. Trey Boylan went up to Winnipeg to visit our uh, good friend Carter Johnson, who will definitely get on the pod at some point. Um, and we uh, were partying a little bit with Keegan Colasar on uh, the Vegas Golden Knights and he was uh, talking to us about the funny stories from the cup and also just the group. Like, I know there was reports Jack Eichel talked about after they won the cup that he thinks they could have gone on for another round mm-hmm. just because they're so deep. Yeah. And he uh, he had this funny story about uh, Phil Kessel where um, when they were delivering the Stanley Cup to him, they were all at a bar drinking and uh, – Mark Stone comes in late with the cup for Phil, and there's like probably ten guys that are, they're all drinking, and Mark Stone comes in with the cup with hot dogs, in it. <laughs> and you got Phil like, oh yeah, fuck you, Stony, oh, yeah, fuck yeah, yeah Stony, <laughs> it was a little fucking hot voice. dogs. <laughs> you get on the fucking scale. <laughs> was that Randy Carlyle? Yeah, that oh, that is all hilarious. time, all time. Yeah, and talking about that uh... guy eats bowls of cheese pregame. <laughs> yeah. That's how you do it, folks. Yeah, that's how you become the Iron Man. And uh, 
yeah, Vancouver might be having to get the That's Costco right. dogs going. That's right. Fire uh, it up right beside Rogers, man. You yeah. have a few in a stall pregame. <laughs> Patrick Alvin uh, last Tuesday announced that Phil Kessel will be working out in Abbotsford with the Abbotsford Canucks for the week, and then uh, they'll go from there. So some point this year you're going to see – or uh, pardon me, this week you're going to see Alvin make a – uh, press conference an and make an announcement about what's going to happen with Phil. Um, Phil Castle, he's only eight points away from being the 99th player in NHL history. The, they got to get him. the thousand. They got, somebody's got to take Phil for eight points, man. He's got to play. Vancouver fans would love that. Oh They're already God. loving the rumors. Yeah. Phil, the thrill to Vancouver would just be another story. Another I might have to buy a jersey. I would be. One of those uh, black... So, Black and orange skate jerseys. Does, does Vancouver have an eighty-one? Uh, it might be Dakota I Joshua. I was thinking that. Who's? I love him. You I love, love Dakota. I you, love Dakota. He made you Joshua. some money. Dakota, Dakota, Dakota Joshua. He's my fa- that line is sick. Not to get off topic with uh, Phil the Thrill, but that uh, that third line with the Canucks: Dakota Joshua, Teddy Bluger, and Connor Garland mm-hmm. as a. Uh, I think most of the people listening to this are from the VI, so definitely get in their uh, Canucks news. And if you've watched a lot of these games like I have, you just see how dominant mm-hmm. this line is. And just fans horses, love them. Man. They got the playmaking with Garland, and you got the finishing with Dakota Joshua, who's a big boy, and then you got the kind of the grinder mm-hmm. with Teddy Bluger who just eats those corners and – Oh, it gets the pucks yeah, up. He's, he's that's it's a fun it's a, line it's to a watch. Grind line, but yeah, going back to Phil Kessel, rumor has it he was absolutely bagged after his first. I think practice. I saw a video of him. After I bet you couple. that was the first time Philly hit the ice um, for like ever. <laughs> yeah, there's a funny photo. He was wearing all mixed gear. I think he had a Knights helmet, and then he had uh, Arizona gloves. Uh-huh. He had a little mixed gear bag. I can't remember <laughs> where I heard the story. Somebody told me the story take credit if you're hearing this but somebody told me that one of their buddies is on the ice with phil kessel in summer ice and this is what phil does he gets geared up comes out for one rep of the full ice philly scores gets off the ice and gets undressed <laughs> that's so like showtime. once or twice a week that's his thing and just comes out for like just to make sure he still got it and i was looking i saw a picture of him skating dude he had Arizona pants shells, yeah. Vancouver yeah, practice socks, a fucking Pittsburgh helmet. He looked like he looked like a beer leaguer. And <laughs> if there's any beer leaguer that's uh, gonna get to a thousand points, I I really hope it's Phil Castle. I hope he gets to that a thousand point mark. Yeah, Vancouver fans would absolutely love him. They'd take him in, in as their own, no matter oh, what. Yeah, yeah, they would love him. Um, I guess he would probably fit on the fourth line. Hey, eh? he could do it. I don't know if he'd fit on the bench, but he'd yeah. definitely fit on the fourth <laughs> line. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of kind of old Canucks, old players, cool story came up the other day. So Canucks fans, if you're not a casual, you remember Cody Hodgson. Mm-hmm. Played about 300-something games with the Vancouver Canuck. Um, and he retired for eight years because he had a lot of medical conditions that, um, what would it, you know more about it than there I was, do. Yeah, there was, uh, yeah, after you just touched on it, after coming out of retirement for Eight years, uh, he scored his first pro goal yep. the other night in his third uh, player um, tryout game, I guess I think it's called, um, with the Milwaukee Admirals, who's Nashville's AHL team. And uh, he had to retire in 2016 because he was diagnosed with a form of hyperthermia. 
that it was caused by reactions to medications that resulted in fevers, a rapid heart rate, and uh, muscle breakdown. So sad that he had to retire in that fashion, but the comeback now scores first mm-hmm. goal after eight years. Yeah. You don't see that very often. It's and pretty cool. Shows that the guy's got the heart. Yeah, I remember watching him with uh, Vancouver before they traded him for Zach Cassian, mm-hmm. the Roxy Cokehead. <laughs> Um, he was fun to watch. He played with the Sedins. I remember he had a nice slap shot goal barred down against the Bruins. I remember that. One of the best shots um, I think I've seen. And he was a fun player to watch. So it, it's we're, uh, we're happy to see him back on the ice and uh, thriving. And uh, one player who uh, we're happy to see still playing the game, Brennan Carlson, after uh, what a switch up there, dude. Yeah, nice. <laughs> um, yeah, he didn't start off the year playing hockey, but um, he was working up in Fort St. John and then got a call from the teams like, Hey, uh, you're working out here, uh, do you want to play for us? And he took the offer, so surprising everybody, surprising everyone. So Plus thirty thousand odds on a Carlson <laughs> yeah. return to junior hockey. Yeah, and uh, like like we uh, told you guys at the beginning of the uh, podcast, it's it was a little bit rocky. Um, there's a, a little bit of uh, uh, some rocky patches in the interview where it sounds a bit cut. So we apologize in advance, but uh, I think for the most part, people are going to enjoy it. There's. There's some really funny stories. Yeah. Carly lets loose a little bit. Yeah, well, he let a little bit too loose, so that's where all the cutting <laughs> come from, like we said. But, you know, it's Creature Carl. Yeah. You, you got to love him. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah, that's who he is. It's kind of what we expected. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we got a bit of it clipped out because still a great guy to talk to and going to be a great interview. And, yeah, um, throw it over to Brennan Carlson now. <laughs> Okay, everyone, joining us now is one-time VIJHL Defenseman of the Year, one-time VIJHL Champion, one-time Provincial Bronze Medalist, and is also known by his friends as a Roast Master. Please welcome to the PP3 Podcast, Mr. Brendan Carlson. Brendan, thank you for coming on. Hey, thank you guys for having me. Appreciate this. Yeah, it's an honor to have a one-time roaster like yourself on here. Well, yeah, no one gets back on the... Back on the backyard, little roast like I do. You know what I mean? Like the the basement backyard roast, nothing like me, right? Nope, nope, nothing like <laughs> nothing it, man. Like me. You know, like I, I'm always there for that type of stuff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hot start for the kid coming in. Um, first off, again, thank you for coming on, Carly. Um, thank you guys for having me. Yeah, it's I awesome. It's a this. it's a pleasure. Um. So right now you are currently playing in Fort St. John with the Huskies, um, working up there. So uh, let's dive right into uh, how your experience has been up there. Man, up in Fort St. John playing hockey there, like uh, I've loved it ever since. Like I became part of that team. Like the culture and everything out there is unreal. Like uh, they've won the championship four years in a row, and we have an absolute wagon up there of a team. And um, I can't really complain. Like, the coaching and everything is unreal. Like, they're so good to us and everything. Like, I broke my ankle recently, and the head coach and manager pretty much drive me to, like, almost, like, most of the appointments and everything, plus my uh, roommate. I I can't complain. Like, the culture up there is unreal. Good experience up there, playing with a bunch of new guys in kind of a different place. A bunch of new guys and everything, yeah. Like, it's 
totally different. Like a lot of the guys up there are either German or Russian. Okay. Like farmers and it's actually like uh pretty crazy. Like a lot of like Mennonites up there and like I play with a lot of the Mennonites and uh they're actually like one of the hardest working people on our team. Like the hardest worker on our team is a Mennonite and he's been a farmer and like working hard his whole life and that guy wheels out there. Like Carly hardest work. I got a question for you. What is a Mennonite? Mennonite Mennonite's a German religion. It's like German like uh I don't want to say it wrong. I don't. I hate to say it wrong if it's wrong right now, but it's German Catholic religion. Okay. And a lot of people in Northern BC are Mennonites. They're a German religion, and they have taken over farming land in the past years, and have farmed for our First Nations culture. And have given back to them as well. All right. That's awesome. So uh, luckily, Carly, this is a hockey podcast, so we won't have you talking about religion the whole time. So <laughs> um, how is the pace of play in that Good. different league? Pace of play? Oh, it's uh, it's it's close, but it's I'd say it's not as good, to be honest, compared to the VI. Yeah. Like uh, it, it's all, all depends on the teams, right? Like uh, a lot of our teams couldn't really compete in the VI, but the good teams could. Like, yeah. Like your our team's stacked. Our team is stacked, and uh, the team that's second in the league is stacked as well, LaCrete. Our two teams could for sure compete in the VI, PJ, and KJHL. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. It all depends on, like, the team in our league. But totally. There's some, like, average teams that give us a run as well because they have very, very, very good goaltending. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, no, it's for sure a different experience. Like a lot of like, uh, it's more physical, I'd say, in some aspect. Like later checks and everything. Yeah. For the VI, a little bit but rougher, a little, little bit, a little bit rougher, and like the way that the playoff format is, everything. Like the first team, first place team gets a bye. So right now, our team, Fort St. John, gets a bye in the first round, and we're just waiting on uh, a round to play. Yeah. So it looks like your team is going to go for a de- another deep run. You're looking to go back to back this year, like Drake. We're looking to go back to back to back to back. Yeah. Carly back, thinks back, he's back. Drake. He's going back to back to back. This guy might even play a 21 not, season. Not this guy right. can't give it up. <laughs> But yeah, Carly, 108 points in 77 games with the Jennies, obviously. A bit of a wagon, relied upon in all situations for the Jens. And now up with the Huskies before you got hurt, you had 12 points in nine games. And that's coming off of eight months of not playing hockey. So t- hat tip to that. You're playing well up there. So good for you, man. Um, And yeah, Keezer. Yeah, so I want to talk to you about your tip stays a little bit. Uh, you Grew up in Nanaimo. You played in Nanaimo your entire life, and uh, you stayed local playing with the Tips. Um, can you just touch on your experience with the uh, North Island Silver Tips here on the island? I've honestly not had like a like when you're playing from the North Island Silver Tips, you don't win many games. But honestly, your time being with them is probably the most like one of the most like fun times you have as a kid. Like. You're in like grade 10 to like grade 11, 12, and you're traveling with all your close hockey friends that were good like growing up, and you guys have an absolute blast. Do you win every game? Fuck no. <laughs> but do you have fun in every hotel room? Oh, oh hell fuck yeah. yes. Do you, do you, have do you any, get in trouble? Speaking of the home. Oh, yeah. Well, you yeah. do. It happens. 
it happens to a bunch of us. Does it happen to worse to a bunch of us? Oh yeah, it does happen to a lot of us. It's worse. And uh But it's nothing like better than that. It's like spending a bunch of time with your close friends in a hotel room. You guys get to fuck around, fuck with each other. Yeah. You can't get much better than that. We've talked about it already on the first two episodes, just how much of a riot our tips team was. Oh. We had Dicer on to tell a few stories, but our our demons are right. The amount of like we got kids with two hotel rooms. That's fucking unheard of. Yeah, and major major team. It's kind of sad, but also unheard of. To get banned from two hotel rooms, you've got to be kind of a menace. Um, and Carly yourself, um, made a little bit of a name for yourself as the hotel soap assassin. So I don't know if we want to go too deep into that story, but everybody that's listening at home that was on that team knows the story behind the soap in the mirror. So hopefully, the maid from that hotel room is not listening because she might cry again. Uh, Brendan, any words on that? Can I hold it? <laughs> no, no. Honestly, fucking proud of it. And uh, never changed. I'm honestly proud of it just because it gave so many people on our team and other people an absolute laughing memory because it was not pointed towards anybody outside of our tips organization. I'm into towards two of my close friends. So let's get into that a little bit. Let's leave the words out because I think they might be a little bit graphic. But can you kind of go over the story a little bit for the viewers who are listening who have no idea what we're talking about right now? Basically, we were in Castlegar for two nights. And the first night after not having a road trip for a while and I was fucked with the prior road trip. I uh, decided to go into this person's room, take a soap bar, (laughs) write a little so-and-so on this person's mirror, leave this person's room and not go there for another day. I went there on the last day after I was in trouble, but I didn't go there for a day. So we didn't find out about this a day later because we played a game and then all of a sudden we played another game. And then it was like, oh, that next game? Yeah, I'm the one in trouble. (laughs) Now that the fact that we've checked out of our hotel room and our coaches have gone to the front desk and figured out what I've said, with the soap bar on this mirror, I am the one in trouble. So it uh from there it completely sucked, but in our minds, like as a tips team, like we all felt bad for the maids and everything that took care of us and stuff, but it was not directed towards her or anyone, it was directed towards our teammates. But I was the one that paid for it in the end, and uh our teammates yeah. Did find it a joke. Anyways. Okay. Well, <laughs> one more they thing. They did find it was a good joke, but like they just like from the outside effect. It looks pretty bad. Team, it looked very bad. Oh, so yeah. Pretty uh, bad. Very bad. It was <laughs> yeah. Like uh I let's not even go to that point, but I just made some like coworkers that were treating us very well just shine the wrong way. And I paid for it. Okay. Anyways, um, one more hotel question for you before we get on to a bit more hockey stuff. So I remember vividly um, walking down the hallway in Kelowna, and I take a little peek into your and Vanny's room, and then you I and live with Vanny. Well, you and Vanny were in a hotel room, and you guys were duking it out. And the next thing was, I know, was duking mean. 
Duking means dicking? fighting. Or... Uh, not dicking. You guys, <laughs> I didn't walk in on that. But the duking I walked in on. I saw you guys just absolutely going after it. I forget what the beef was about. Maybe some skate lace jokes involved. But um, Vanny ended up with... In Kelowna? Uh, yeah, Vanny ended up with the biggest shiner looking like Schmuel off of Boy in the Straight Pajamas I've ever seen. <laughs> so... How did that come about? And all I remember is seeing Vanny with a bit of a shiner. So what went down there? So every like tip strip, pretty much me and Gabe Shipley were roomed up. And we were roomed up again in Kelowna. And we had most of our team sitting in the hot tub. And coincidentally, me and Gabe had our room sitting directly outside the hot tub. So we're all sitting in the hot tub. And Gabe goes, hey, Vanny is fucking creeping around our hotel room right now. Look at him inside. I'm like, he's on my side of the fucking room right now. I fucking get out of the hot tub and go inside the fucking room and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> just saying the most, I don't even know what he said. He just said the most random shit. It was like, <laughs> and I, I didn't agree with it. I don't know what the fuck he said. What's well, English? Just, he was hissing. You know, Vanny. You don't even understand me. He was hissing. He was hissing, dude. He was hissing. This is a Vanny moment. I don't know what the fuck he's saying, but he's in our room ripping our shit apart because supposedly we took his lasers outside of his skates, and I did. <laughs> <laughs> supposedly. And I did. And, uh, yeah, his laces were in our, uh, not in our room, but in another room. But I took them out of the scoots, and he found out about that. And I see him creeping around my roommate stuff and my, and like my shit. And I go into him, what the fuck are you doing? He goes, <laughs> you ain't a fat fucking laces. You motherfucker. Like, I've, you're a fucking kind of. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> I'm sorry about that word, guys. But, uh, you fucking took all that shit. Like, fuck you. Like, fuck all you motherfuckers. So you guys scrapped it out? So then ended up, like, I was like, get the fuck. He ended up touching my bag. And I was like, you need to get the fuck out of my bag. You didn't touch my shit. Like, so I started throwing him around stuff. And then Vanny ended up throwing me around. Like, man, he's actually a low-key, like, he's, like, decently strong motherfucker for the way he looks, to be honest. Like, <laughs> He's fucking like Skeletor is actually like decently strong. I'm not even gonna lie. He actually is like pretty strong for how he is. And he was like throwing me around like a little bit. And then I ended up fucking tossing him around. And then it got to the point. <laughs> got to the point where like just completely done. And he was just like sitting there drained. And I was like sitting there drained like along like the wall. He's like, I'm going home. And I was like, okay. So he went back to his room. And then, like, ten minutes later, all of a sudden, we have a selfie in our, like, tip scoop drive, like, him with a shiner in the, in, in the shower. And we're like, dude, you soft motherfucker. Like, what the fuck? You say a selfie in there with the fucking shiner now. Are you fucked? Like, so many others. Like, Gabe could have sent one in with a little fucking bruise right, right there. But, no, you go in there with some of that shiner while you have a shaved head from the other day. He, she, he buzzed his head the day prior or that same exact day. I can't remember. But it might have been the same exact day. You remember that, though, Dice. You remember he shaved his head, like, the day after or the day before, or the same day. Yeah. Boy in the straight pajamas. Dude. And he became the boy in the straight pajamas, like, 
Honestly, as Brady Vanner, smart move would have just been like get right into Netflix there and just become like the boy in the straight pajamas instead of the boy in the Nymo pajamas. Okay, <laughs> I think I think I think we'll move on. Yeah, enough of yeah. the hotels before it gets a little bit too crazy. Um, <laughs> so with tips, obviously you played against some pretty good teams. We asked Dicer and also uh, Brain Ross last week about uh, some good players that they played against. Um, do you remember any players uh, that stood out to you that you played against in uh, Major Midget? Yeah, for sure. There's quite a few players that actually stuck out towards me in Major Midget. Like, playing against OKR, a lot of guys would have said Zach Funk stood out. Yeah. But in my opinion, their youngest player on their team stood out to me, and that was Tyson Jugnoth. Yeah. And he kind of run their point the whole time we played against them. Like, he was the youngest kid on their team, and he was so shifty and moved the puck better than anyone. Mm-hmm. And so he was then, like a young you. No. <laughs> <laughs> he, was better, he was way better than And, him. well, look at him now. He's, he's, he's drafted, signed by Seattle. He drafted the NHL. He, yeah. Well, you look great, too, right now. Like... <sighs> You could you could be in an NHL locker room right now. You haven't seen me play up north. Dude. I have <laughs> lost everything of speed. I am only smarts and shot. Well, your twelve points in nine <laughs> games says otherwise. I am only smarts and shot. I don't know how to move out there. I just waddle. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god. Anyways, but anyways, but other than him and MML, I would say. There's some studs out there. I would say, honestly, Maitovich. Yeah. Maitovich was like, everyone thought Maitovich was like so overrated, but he worked like, he wasn't great when we played against him, but he just worked really hard. Yeah. You look at him today, he's a second round NHL draft pick. Yeah. So everybody kind of knows you as like the standout D-man in the VI, like story guy, room guy, just a stud that like, a lot of the games put the boys on their back uh, on the point and scored some big goals for us. But before you played for the Gens, um, you were actually a league above. You were playing in the B show for the Clippers during the uh, pod season. That's right. And um, yeah, so how was playing with the Clippers? I know it was short lived, but tell us a little bit about what it was like with the Clippers and then kind of go into what made you transition into coming to the Gens and what kind of sold you into coming over and playing with like Big Bad Boils and all the guys in Oceanside. What what changed your mind and made you decide you wanted to come play for the Gens? My time there is very short lived. And <laughs> you, you played know, nineteen games. Like nineteen longer, games isn't. You played a couple. You were there longer than any of us, man. Yeah, so. I, was, I was there for like a total of like December, a third of a season, December to like what's the second month after November or Dude. the next one? <laughs> Dude, what, like what? What is that? November, or October. After December, October. After December, after December. Wait, what? It either quit. I either it was one of those two months. You know what? You guys just need to shut the fuck up. I either quit in November or October. It okay. wasn't September, okay. but Fair one enough. of those months. But it was very short lived. So, what made you decide to come play for the Gens in the VI and take your talents to a, a much faster league? Yeah. So I played for the Clippers like while I was seventeen, and then. From there, in the main camp of my 18-year-old year, I 
hurt my AC joint in my shoulder and was sidelined for a while. And after just like practicing at the Clippers, there's a whole bunch and everything. They were like, hey, like, do you want to go play five junior B games before you like come back to us and everything, get back into shape? And I was like, hell yeah. And they were like, how about you guys go to Campbell River or Victoria? And I was like, well, I'm like playing five games. Like, can I just stay in town? And they're like, yeah, that's fine. I was like, can I play with the generals? And they're like, yeah, that's fine. I was like, okay, sweet. I'm going to go play with all my friends, like close, close friends growing up with. I was like, this is me fucking sweet. Like, I've been so jealous of like fucking Evan and Brady and shit. Just like playing there and like going out after and like partying together and shit. Like hearing all this. And I was like fucking right so i'm gonna go play the generals for five games yeah. so at that point you were more just like i want to live a bit more of the junior lifestyle than the it junior play like before like going into like playing those games i was like fuck yeah like i'm back to like i'm gonna go play with like my like good friends for a bit and then i'm gonna be right back just like to the grind yeah and then i went and played those games and everything and like i ended up playing with like people like I grew up with, with like Trey Boylan, who was like a cl- very close family friend growing up with, and like, like Brett Arnett and like other kids. Like I met like Connor Johnson and a ton of other people just playing those five games. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck. Like I honestly realized that I was like, I don't really give a fuck about hockey. <laughs> and I don't care how far I go. I just care about playing with my friends. And from that point, I pretty much went to my parents and was like, hey, I don't care about hockey. Like, I just want to play with my friends. And they're like, uh, are you sure about that? Because we paid so <laughs> much over the years. And I was like, honestly, guys, I am so sorry that you guys paid so much over the years. I would give a fuck about hockey to be completely said. I just love my friends and everything and playing yeah. with them. And they were like, they got to the point where they're like, you know what? We understand that and everything. It's a cool group that you guys have. I ended up going to play in Oceanside. From there, it just became the life. Two of the most fun years I've ever played in hockey and the life. Yeah. And what do you, what do you, I can't complain anything what I've like made in like decisions wise. Like, I honestly don't give a fuck that I ever quit Junior A. People might look at me and be like, that dude's an idiot. Could have been something. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. You heard it here first, folks. I don't give fuck a fuck you. Fuck if you Carly. Play. Carly doesn't care about the haters. And he's uh. Fuck if you played D one, you can go old shitter and find the same girl there. There it is. That's all that matters, man. <laughs> yeah. They don't ask. Yeah, you can find the same girl, old shitter. <laughs> so be as hot, but they don't ask how. Fuck. So they just ask how many you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> talking yeah, sure. about. Talking about. Uh, coming over to the gens for those first couple of games, and obviously seeing a bunch of your buddies like Obi Boyles, a bunch of other guys that you played hockey with, Vanny. Um, was it pretty quick for you to see the culture and how close the room was? Even the guys that you didn't play hockey with growing up, to seeing how everybody came together and how kind of tight knit the group was. It was like instantly, just like you already know, like all the guys coming into it, but like. 
there's not many like times you walk into a dressing room and you already have a smile on your face. Yeah. Like usually like when you come into a team like that, like when I went to Fort St. John, I was like, fuck. Like I, I didn't know what to expect. Walking into the Jen's dressing room, I knew what to expect. And like I walked into that room with a smile on my face and I knew already one I already knew everyone and it just made it feel like home like instantly. Yeah. And like there's nothing like a culture like that or like everyone that was on that team that we won with had played together or the year prior. We should have won the year prior. Mm-hmm. But all of us had played together at some point before that. Like it's not like we took players from everyone else other than CJ. Yeah. Yeah. But everyone had pretty much played together the whole time, which was crazy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just- and just made it so much closer because everyone knew how to work together. Carly, a little question for you, because me and you went through this together. You were hurt. I was health-bombed, so they're a little bit different here. But in, in the end, you and me are both drinking beers, watching Game 6 together, and we're both running out on the ice together to after the boys win the trophy. So walk us through um, what happened. For all, everybody that hasn't seen the clip, I'll get it on the, the PP3 Instagram later on tonight, but Brennan Carlson has one of the best highlight clips um, from him not playing in the game. So, Carly, what happened when you were running out on the ice there? Well, it was, like, game six of the like, the finals and everything. And I was like, well, fuck, we're going to win this one. So I came down there with a full Yeti full of alcohol. just <laughs> sipping that shit the whole way down. And me and Nola were in the stands together. And we went to Montana's and we were drinking before the game. And my parents saw me like, what the fuck are you doing? Know. And I was like, okay, well, I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll stop it. <laughs> So we know we got shit face in our game and everything. And we're sitting there, we're winning and shit. Like, like fuck yeah. Win this one. Fuck, she's tied. She's tied. And then all of a sudden, fuck, we're going to the third. Oh no, earlier that, early that game, the first period, the first period, me and Nola go down to the fucking ball in the room. And I'm like, I'm chilling like way outside in like the lobby. And then all of a sudden I go over to like a near a room to go to grab a Gatorade and I go fill up a Gatorade and I fill up the Gatorade and I'm, I'm so drunk. I drop it. <laughs> and all of a sudden our like coaches at the end of the hallway are like, Hey, Carly breath check. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, fair enough. And <laughs> I logged down there. I logged down there and shit. And uh, I'm like, I'm going to get so caught right now. Like, this is, there's no chance I'm going to get out of this. Breathe on. Lem's like, looks at me. He goes, he's got this, like, smile on. I can't even recreate his smile. His smile is so fucking funny. Because, like, he, he knows I'm going to fucking, like, breathe, like, alcohol onto him. <laughs> and he's just looking at me, smiling. Like, I'm going to fucking, like, prove you wrong. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. Fucking God. So I, like, breathe. He goes, <sighs> drinking beer and i'm like <laughs> oh fuck i was like yeah i am drinking all these sober the fuck up you might play tomorrow if we lose and i'm like okay <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like he's kind of got a point but like honestly like well the boys got it done regardless that was before even like the third period like we were winning at this point we were winning we were even tied and i'm like the Kind of gonna win, probably. <laughs> would, it, would it be a fair assumption to make that uh, your level of intoxicity 
was uh, on par with what you are right now? No, <laughs> I was more fucked up than probably. <laughs> so basically, the story that we're trying to get to here—that's we're getting the long about wrong roundabout way of getting to it. But for everybody that doesn't know, we, me, Brennan Carlson, and Jordan Harvey aren't playing in this game. So Carter Johnson scores the OT winner for to win the championship. No, we run. We run down Harvey the tunnel. <laughs> we run down the tunnel, grab our jerseys, and we are tearing out onto the ice. Carly's right behind us with a fucked up shoulder. And this guy's coming out full tit onto the ice as fast as he can. And he doesn't even have his jersey over his head yet. So basically this guy's running blind onto a sheet of ice with a jersey over his head. Ass over tea kettle, full spill, right in the middle of the fucking celebration. Honestly, one of the most priceless videos, priceless moments of all time. And fuck, I'll get the video out there for everybody that needs to see it because it's a good one. But anyways, Carly with the biggest bail in probably... (laughs) Um, a championship like celebration ever. And just to touch on uh, that, that was the beginning of uh, a pretty historic uh, summer for you. And going back to going back to last summer, you kind of went on a binge after we lost in the finals as well. So you went to the Grant Gilbertson tournament a couple months later uh can you touch on that tournament and uh how you played yeah like uh i went to that tournament i went i went to it (laughs) and oh fuck (laughs) my mom told me she's gonna watch this too my mom only she's gonna watch. Hey, I, I think if your mom's gotten up to this point, then she's already probably not pretty happy. <laughs> <laughs> mom, I played maybe maximum six shifts that fucking tournament. <laughs> I played like two and a like two games, maybe, mom. And I got healthy scratch last game. But I fucking didn't play at all, basically. I played one game and yeah, I hung out with a bunch of my friends. I think we got down to the bottom of that. <laughs> so, um, friend of the podcast and somebody that's always kind of sitting in and a big part of it as well. Uh, Evan Dice here is something he wants to chime in on this whole situation. Yeah, Carly, uh, I just wanted to ask you to walk through the process on how your team was out on the ice playing a game and how you ended up in the dressing room spreading Nutella and peanut butter all over your chest. <laughs> oh, my so I'll chime in on this before you um, talk. I'll let you process that a little bit. I got a text from one of the coaches of that team that night. So their final game, I guess the boys were losing, not playing great. So the coach got kicked out of the game for yelling or whatever. So they're like, oh, fuck this. So walk over to the dressing room and they walk in and they hear the showers. Down. So... They go into the shower, and they see you laying down in the shower, covered in peanut butter, like head to toe, covered in peanut butter, laying down in the shower. So, please explain yourself. Dude, like, sometimes you show up on, like, a Saturday evening at the Peninsula 
ice center panorama or do you call it show up there and like you got like saturday morning and um honestly what you have planted in your head <laughs> just like it just it just <coughs> it just doesn't go the correct way some things what, don't go to play it just, it, no 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 it just doesn't go there but you ran over in your head. You're like, you're thinking of all this all day. And you're like, fuck, this would be so sick. And then all of a sudden you show up and it just doesn't go the correct way. And then you fucking wake up in the morning. Like there's peanut butter on my dick at one point and balls <laughs> and shit and all over my tits and everything. It's like, what the fuck? Like I was covered in peanut butter at one point. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like I was covered in peanut butter and Nutella. Like, Really, was I that fucking passed out in the dressing room that I was covered in fucking like a condiment at this point? <laughs> like you can pretty much call it mustard. Like it's pretty much fucking like mustard. Yeah. Like peanut butter is pretty much mustard to like what do you call jam? Like what, it's pretty much like, what, dude? Okay. What? Dude? What do you What do you mean? It's like it's like the You're... fucking breakfast condiment to like fucking ketchup almost. Like peanut butter, I'd say. <laughs> like jam's like number one. I'd say peanut butter is second, and then like ketchup's one. Oh, so you're saying I'd ketchup's say, one? And I say ketchup's second. one and mustard. You guys are two stupid motherfuckers. I, I know. I, 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 I you know guys are mean. actually two brainless motherfuckers laughing at me. You guys don't understand shit. I'm actually saying something fucking true right now. So, fuck you guys. Keep laughing at your fucking elbows and knees right now. Keep coughing down there, you fucking loser. I'm actually saying some real shit. <laughs> Peanut butter is the mustard to condiments. Okay, you heard it here fuck you. first, folks. You heard it here first. Put I it on a t-shirt, boys. Yeah. yeah, Peanut butter is the mustard condiment for breakfast, and jam is a condiment also to ketchup. Yeah, Put that on a t-shirt, Dicer. Breakfast condiment to mustard. Okay, before we fuck get too uh, thrown away... Um, we want to thank you for coming on, Carly. I think we covered everything. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we got lots more stories about you, and you're gonna have to do a duo episode with Dicer here, and uh, when we're not in such a time crunch. But um, yeah, we appreciate you coming on, dude. It's always a fucking pleasure, and we're glad to see you home and spend some time with you, dude. So, um, yeah, man, it's been fun. So, yeah. you have any anything, anything you else you want to say off? before we end this off? Yeah, I want to thank you guys for having me on. I want to thank Jesus Christ for guiding me through my whole life, and. Uh, yeah, I appreciate everything you guys have done for me. <laughs> Thanks, Carly. <laughs> so, yeah, another another big thank you to Carly, obviously. Chopped up in there, but it's our it's our creature, Carl. It was a good interview. Love. for the, It gave us some laughs. Yeah, we had an t- absolute time filming it. The behind the scenes <laughs> of that were ridiculous. <laughs> but, man, that's Carly, and we'll get him on sober one time. Yeah. Give you guys a real treat. So yeah, wrapping up this one, this podcast, I know it's a long one, so we hope you're still sticking with us here close to the two hour mark, but we just want to get back to our roots here. VIJHL playoff time right around the corner. The matchups are set in the North. We see the top seed, the league division champions, the Camel River Storm taking on the Cary Park Islander Islanders crossing over from the South. Um, absolute showdown. We know Cary Park can play in the playoffs. I've said it all along. Um, then we see our boys, the Oceanside General, our uh, our OGs over there. Um, they're taking on the Comox Valley Glacier Kings in the two three or sorry, yeah, the two three matchup. So Oceanside finishing third in the North and Comox finishing second. 
So that's going to be another dogfight. We've done it ourselves. We went to seven with those guys, and it went down to the wire. I think it was 2 nothing final with an empty netter or something along those lines, 3-1 mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. Dogfight to the end with those guys. That's a playoff team as well. But Oceanside's got coming off a championship, so you never know with them. And then over in the south, we got the one and four seed, the Victoria Cougars, once again dominating the south, led by Ben Brandt, Kieran Strange, Cal Nagy, and the like. Those guys dominated this year, and they're making a serious run for their last year. A lot of big-name 20s on that team, and they're taking their talents to Peninsula, where they face off against the Panthers. Um, To me, this is going to be... It really should be on paper, the Cougars series. Mm-hmm. But you never know in the playoffs. Cougars have been upset the last two years in the first round. They got a couple guys injured too. Dominating the regular season, the Cougars have been knocked off in the first round the last two years. So maybe it's a revenge tour. Maybe yeah. that's their Peninsula thing. Peninsula knows how to win too. You they see do. It, uh, two years ago with um, us in the finals when they won it. Well coached. Yeah, they're well coached. They got good systems. Um, you can't count them out. No. But. Um, yeah, going on to the 2-3 series, we got the Predators who have locked and loaded with some big guys. They brought in Graham Bart. They brought in Rosenblood, Crawford, some big names. Um, so Sanich is loaded up and looking for a run. And a team that's really surprising this year with a lot of big guys like coming up and stepping up. Kobe Knowles just leading the way. West Shore Wolves, the 2-3 matchup over there. This series, I think, is going to be another fun one to watch i love the matchups this year mm-hmm. you, they can all go anyway um but yeah man what do you think about it what do you what do you think about these series what are uh, your takes? I, I know i haven't paid too much attention to the south but uh i know it's been really close and i know their division has been a lot more competitive than the north which has been uh, a common trend mm-hmm. the last couple of years so i'm really excited to see uh the cougars Pen- peninsula series that's gonna be a good one and then the north i i think we're watching like uh vi finals matchup with the campbell river storm and the Cary park islanders i would have loved to see that i we might have to make a trip to go watch a mm-hmm. game um it, that that's gonna be an absolute dogfight i know campbell river uh suppose i heard uh supposedly didn't want to play Cary park mm-hmm. in the playoffs so i think Kerry Park's coming in with a little bit of a psychological um, edge. edge, but Campbell, they got some really good, uh, skillful players. Um, and same do with Kerry Park this year. They got two of our Jens boys, uh, Parker and Finley Klippenstein, on their team who have been great. Parker's unreal. Parker stepped up into huge good friend of the roles. podcast has stepped up into a big role. He's a player that I'm sure the Oceanside Generals would have loved. They to need. have, and they're, they're probably kicking at themselves, letting yeah, him go. Wishing they had Clippy for this playoff yeah. run. That guy's an absolute He's a playoff performer. player. Yeah, he's he, built for it, man. He's a chippy player who's going to get under the edge of uh, those Campbell River players. He would players. run headfirst through a brick wall for his team. Even if it's not the Gens, he's going to be absolutely going to war up in Cary Park. And I think just the, just the physical advantage that Cary Park has, it's going to give him um, an edge, man. And I've been saying this for a while. Um... Cary Park, man, they look scary. They're my they're my dark horse on paper. Um, they're my underdog pick to win it all this year, yeah. and shot. I think they can shock a lot of teams just by how gritty they are, and they're a deep team as well with some goaltending. So I think Cary Park shocks the storm in the first round. I 
I agree. I think um, I think KP has a real good shot to win these playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I. Uh, who do you? Who's your pick out of the South? Who out of think? the South? Yeah. It's a complete toss up. All yeah. I'm saying is it's not going to be Peninsula. If I had to choose a team, I'd like you to. Th- see, you think Peninsula's I out think a Peninsula's bit? Peninsula's not in this race. Really? I think they're. You think West Shore's got more of a chance? I than... think West Shore has a far better wow. chance than Peninsula does this year. I think that. Um, the team to beat out of the South this year is the Victoria Cougars. They're okay. just so loaded, man. Mm-hmm. They have unbelievable players. Ben Brandt almost broke 100. This is before he's played his last game, so I don't know if he did or not, but 99 points last time I checked, and that's it's no easy feat. So Victoria Cougars wagon over there. I'm I'm That's my pick out of the South. Yeah, um, they've constantly been a good regular season team, but the last two years they've struggled a bit in the playoffs, so... Uh, we'll see if they can step it up and uh, bring it all together here for a, a playoff run. And mm. um, I got to talk about the Jennies gotta a bit. Both of our uh, former teams—they got a good matchup here against the Comox uh, Glacier Kings. They, the Glacier Kings, play a fuck you game. They love to get under your skin. Mm. That barn's gonna be rocking too. Like we were talking to Tyler Gary uh, in the interview. Um, it's not an easy barn to play in, and they got these. Mount Washington freaks mm-hmm. over there yep. ch- doing cheers and stuff. So atmosphere is going to be rocking. Um, but the Jennies, I, they're coached well with uh, Dan Lemon and crates and um, who's their new assistant Parker. coach? Parker. Yeah. They got, we've been a consistent playoff team. We we've shown that we can get it done in the playoffs and they still got their big boys. GT is going to be back. After game three, which that's After a big game two, game two, game two yeah. sorry, he's gonna be back for yeah. game three. Yeah, they'll need him. They'll that's a player that you need to have going if mm-hmm. you want to win the series. And obviously, you got Vanny and Pose on the back end, and Cookie's locked down down yeah. back there, too. They got a good veteran presence Very, still on their team. So. Six, six 20 year olds that are defending champions. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a seven game series, it's I gonna come it, down I right think it to goes the, all the way. I think both the North series are going to come down to the seven. Yeah. 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 Give me Kerry Park in seven and who you got in seven. You got the Jennies? Oh, yeah. I got, you got to. You, you got, got it. It's the Jens. It's the Jennies. I got I got Jennies in that series. I can't um, wait to be pumping in the beer We're going to be boots on the ground for a couple oh, games yeah. there. So um, if the Jennies boys are listening to this, let's, let's roll, baby. Let's, let's roll. roll. Let's roll. Fucking love you, boys. <laughs> So uh, moving along, um, that was a good little uh, VI segment. I like doing that. Mm-hmm. So I think every every week from here on out during these playoffs, we'll, uh, we'll keep a little uh, tab on them. And at the end of the podcast, we'll talk about the playoff rounds that are going on and mm-hmm. um, how the teams are doing. So, yeah. yeah. So to close things off, uh, I just want to wish my dad a happy birthday real quick. It's uh, Mr. Keo's. Uh, birthday this Saturday. So, uh, Pops, if you're listening, happy birthday. Love you. Uh, yeah, I just had to throw that in there. Yeah, and while we're at it, I just wanted to say thank you to everybody that's made my time in the VI such a blast. All the boys on the Gens teams in the past, all the guys from Nanaimo this year, all love all you guys like brothers. It's been a special time for me in life. And, um, yeah, hope the Gens can get it done again this year. And one final thing. VIJHL, find some new fucking refs. <laughs> Going out with a boom. I love it. Okay. Uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Bye.